Access granted. Welcome nerd. Episode 30. Loading file. Load complete. Don't be afraid of me. It's definitely a can of crackers. It's definitely a can of crackers. It's Christian. Hey, this is Damon. This is the Amazing Nerd Show. I'm a little jazzed this episode. You're jazzed? Yeah, jazz. I think that's the right word to use right now. If you're like 70. <laughs> <laughs> Who says jazzed? Who cares? You're in your 20s, man. Jesus. Am I, though? <laughs> Mentally? Not really. Yeah, I guess you're <laughs> 20 going on. What? Oh, no, you're not 20. You're 20, what, 24? 24, yes. 24 going Reason. on like 55. Mm-hmm. So, but I did okay. not get enough birthday You're, wishes on Twitter. <laughs> You're an old soul, Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not ready for this episode, man. We got a lot yes. to talk about. What, what are we lot. talking about today, Damon? We are talking about San Diego Comic Con. Yes. All the big announcements, all the awesome trailers that dropped, mm-hmm. and some not so awesome trailers. Um, some great comics came out this week. Yes. And we got a whole lot of wrestling to talk about. G1 is just getting crazier and So, crazier. yeah. Strap on in. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a ride, folks. Ooh. So, why don't we start off with San Diego? Yes. All right. Big, big trailer that dropped. You know, the Titans are back. What'd you think? What'd you think? <sighs> Fuck Batman? <laughs> Fuck Batman. Fuck Batman. Um, fuck DC. Really. I I don't know what <laughs> happened here. I was actually legitimately excited for this show hmm. until I saw this trailer. Exactly. This feels like, and I know there's big fans out there, but this feels like a very like Zack Snyder, like CW hmm. show. You know, like it, it's just this weird hodgepodge mesh of the two, like the worst parts of those yes. two. Um, just, they don't look like the Teen Titans that I remember. This, like, dark, brooding, you know, group that we've seen. I mean, they, it could just be all in editing and what they chose to mm. show us and everything. But, I mean, there's definitely some teenage angst going on in the Teen Titans books. But this just, I mean, Robin fucking cracking necks and shooting people in an alley. I, just insane. Just insane. I, um, that's not, I mean, I don't know what Robin, <laughs> I don't know if this is Damien or I'm assuming it's Dick Grayson. He's a, he's a cop too. The so. personality definitely fit more of either Jason Todd or Robin Yeah, Damien. maybe Jason Todd. I just, you know, Robin does go through this angst period mm. when he, you know, forms the Teen Titans where, you know, He's just kind of done with Batman, and he's kind of rebelling against him, but not to, like, this level, you know? Uh, I don't remember him ever saying, fuck Batman, or shooting people, for mm-hmm. that matter. 
partners. So it just felt like it existed in the same world that like Batman versus Superman, you know, existed. So I was kind of turned off by How'd that. How'd you right feel away. about the um, character designs for everyone else? Um, I was okay with Ravens. Um, who else did we see? We saw Beast Boy, Starfire, and then... Starfire was okay. Mm-hmm. I heard people complain about Starfire, but I don't understand what their issues are because you don't really see that much of her. Mm-hmm. I thought she was fine. Um, Beast Boy, I thought, looked poorly done. You know, with what you can do with effects nowadays mm-hmm. and everything. And I mean, there's so many like good makeup people out there. It just looked like a kid, you know, dressing up as Beast Boy for, you know, the San Diego Comic-Con, like, cosplay or something like that. So I, I was disappointed with that. Um, I don't know, man. Just the whole vibe just seemed wrong. Yeah. You know, it just... They deal... The Teen Titans in the books, they deal with a lot of, like, dark stuff. But, I mean, this just didn't capture the spirit of I mean, team. you can use Raven as that portal to darkness. Yes. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Have... I don't, and maybe this is just the way they chose to like sell the show, and maybe there's. They did uh, not sell it. Yes, and that. maybe there is a lighter, you know, lighthearted tone in there somewhere, you know, but, you know, maybe this was just kind of like Raven's arc that they were really exploring with this trailer. I don't know, I'm making excuses for that. Right, right, right. But it just, it really did nothing for me. It oh, really did. I wanted to ask you, what do you think. Dick is doing is is he a cop or no? He's he... a well. Uh, Dick Grayson is a detective. Also, there's okay. a there's a point where he becomes a detective. I don't. I think it's actually in Chicago, um, Chicago or Detroit. I can't remember. But um, when he becomes Nightwing, I believe he kind of like you know his dual identity is a police officer. So I believe that's probably what's going on. It's just like the space. Just I don't feel so like he's in that point in the comics that mm-hmm. i don't think he's there when he forms teen titans though i feel like he's younger yeah in the comics but you know i, I forgive that stuff <laughs> i get i understand why they're doing what well they're doing. i mean they they named it just titans so i'm assuming yeah they're trying to get the whole team part especially out. what we got from this i'm assuming they're a little bit older i'm yeah. hoping it just feels weird too with like how successful the two cartoons have been mm-hmm. that you wouldn't want to like try to capture some of that audience i know that they're older now but this just feels so different than what they had in those two like cartoons the first one especially i loved um i'm not a huge fan of what titans go is oh, what yeah. it's called mm-hmm. i don't teen titans go. yeah yeah it feels very spongebob to it, me it's yeah it's very on the nose <laughs> with everything so but um yeah i love that first series though mm. i really did i thought that was well done um but yeah, no. So I was, I was very disappointed <laughs> with the trailer. So was I. I was like in, in pure shock when I, as soon as he said "fuck Batman," fuck Batman. Well, no, before that, when I saw him crack someone. Well, neck. it's funny because it didn't even register. Like when he said "fuck Batman," I kind of focused on that, and I didn't even register. Oh shit! He started shooting people. Mm-hmm. Like or, or the or the neck crack. I had yes. to watch it again. I'm like, wait a second, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> um, it's just it's it's disappointing because we've seen, especially like this last few years, we've seen so many darker characters and darker storylines mm-hmm. played out on all these different shows. I mean, just look at Marvel and Netflix, just in general with Punisher and Jessica Jones. These kind of darker, grittier angles. Yeah, it just feels tone deaf to mm-hmm. what you know a lot of the complaints of like you know the DC you know universe has been. You know, at least with the films. 
So, and they do, from what I hear, I have not watched any of like, the CW shows, but I hear that those shows are great, and mm-hmm. they've got a lot of fans around that. This feels completely different than those shows, you know, than Flash and, like, all the Arrowverse shows. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why they just didn't do more of that and less of whatever this was. <laughs> so, I, I'm not personally a fan of where they are, especially with the CW, the Arrowverse shows at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's just, it got really campy. Okay. I, but if I if I look back to like Arrow season one and two, where they were dealing with this kind of more dark character, he was okay with killing at first, and mm-hmm. he was um, kind of dealing with like him being this vigilante, He's trying to like find his way. Exactly. Yeah. I can. I would rather see that than what we got with this, where it's just everyone's just like "fuck you." And yeah, just seem out of character. Mm. Like I just never see Robin use a gun, or you know. And just when I think about Dick Grayson in general, I I feel like it would be a more interesting contrast to have him as almost this kind of I leader, mean, like balancing, like you know, yeah, balancing, especially with Raven there discovering. I mean, this is a Raven that seems to be discovering her powers and discovering who she is, and scared of mm-hmm. how she feels when she uses because she makes the comment that she likes the darkness that exactly. she feels. Um, so it would make sense for him to be more of a guiding light than mm-hmm. this kind of, you know, um, like just this just seems like oh they're all just gonna be villains by the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> it was an interesting choice, mm-hmm. you know, for the first you know trailer to be really focused in this dark, you know, like that. Plus, it's it's their flagship like show that they've been commercial. Well, and I've been totally in the bag for the streaming service. I think I was talking to you about mm-hmm. that. I think it's like seven ninety five. I was like, oh, I'm gonna get this. There's no way. I mean, with the Titan show and then with um Young Justice, Justice coming back, and they're talking about like there's gonna be like trades available like. You could read books on the streaming service also at the same time. That's I was like, I'm totally gonna, you know, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be definitely taking that monthly hit. Yeah. All right, well, since you mentioned it, what did you think of the Young Justice trailer? I love the Young Justice trailer. Um, it was interesting that they decided to show us like basically a like three minute recap mm. of the last season. In case you forgot. Yeah, in case you forgot, which I did actually. Mm. So it was interesting that they chose that, but it was cool at the same time because I did forget a lot of that. Um, and. It's such, it was one of my favorite, you know, superhero animated shows at the time. And, and still, still. Um, but it's been years, so I did forget all, a lot of that. Um, it's such a well-done show, and I know you were saying you hadn't seen it really. I, I haven't seen it, but it's... The it's animation's great. And this is exactly probably what the Titans mm. show should be should more be like. Um, but... It's just, I'm really excited that they brought it back. Um, they really just kind of give us flashes of what this season is going to be about. It's called Outsiders. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're going to be playing with those characters from the DC Universe more. Um, but it seems like they're getting back together. They've been disbanded for a while since, you know, the events of last season um, a couple of years ago. But now they're getting back together um, to stop this kind of like metahuman trafficking that's going on, but it's supposed to be only one mission. Mm. Obviously, we know that's that's not <laughs> going to be the case. So, um, but they showed lots of flashes of great characters that are going to be part of the season. They showed us Lobo. They showed us Bane. They showed us um, the new gods. So it should be a great season, you know. And it, it sounds like all the people who were back who were part of the series beforehand. That's so good. it's in good hands. Trust me. Voice actor changes is the most annoying thing yeah. in animation. Yeah, and all the creators are back too. So, um, yeah, so I'm I'm really excited. It's a tale of two different like sorts. <laughs> you know, I 
honestly, Young Justice helped me get over, you know, how bad the Titans trailers mm-hmm. was. Because, and it, at the same time, I was like, why couldn't the Titans trailer be, like, why couldn't the show be this? You know, just make a live action version of this. It would work. There's no reason why it wouldn't, you know? I, I don't know. I don't know why live action teams seem to be so f- much further away than the writing staff of these animated DC shows. Animation, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do such a great job. I haven't been a fan of a lot of the movies the past couple of years, but that that first, like, five, ten years, just stellar work. Mm-hmm. I mean, blows Marvel out of the water, really. I mean, Marvel never was able to get their, like, animated movies right. Mm-hmm. DC, though, I mean, they do a great job, especially with, like, the Batman movies, like the Red Hood movie that yes, they did. I, I enjoyed the Dark Knight movie. Um, but, yeah, they've done such a great job, you know. And this, I, I kind of put it underneath the same umbrella. Young Justice, like I said, was one of my favorite. It was, like, can't miss, like, TV. Um, and there, there was a huge, like, outcry from fans and everything. They, the channel that I was on was, like, fucking with it, like, left and right. So they would, like, you know, like, not show a new episode for, like, two, three months for some reason. And then it was off the schedule. Then it was on the schedule. So I'm glad it has a home where we know it will be treated with respect mm. now. Um, so, but yeah, no, I was really excited for this. That's good. Um, not to get too far away from DC cause we have a couple more to talk about, but we have another returning show, Clone Wars. Yes. Out of nowhere, right? Yes. Um, were you a big Clone Wars fan? Um, I'm, I, yes and no, because I was, when I started watching it, I was definitely scorned by the first season. I was like, this isn't very entertaining mm-hmm. for me, but then the second season, the third season got much better. Um, but I never, I never. The first finished. season felt more like a like an anthology kind yeah. of like where you just jump into story and everything. Mm. Not that it didn't lose, like it kind of kept that like in the uh, the other seasons. But it felt like there was more continuity going on where you could follow characters and you got to know characters mm. more. Um, you know, I, I watched it on and off. I have not watched the entire series, but I mean, I'm excited that it's finally getting a chance to like end it on the right note. Mm. So they're really like going to kind of have like a conclusion to everything and closure. Um, so because it definitely it was a series that definitely deserved that. Yes. I was really surprised that they couldn't figure something out. I know that they did like a like untold stories or something yeah, like they that. They showed like images and like unfinished uh, works of it. Uh-huh. It yeah. Like gave you an idea of where they might have been going. going. But... So we'll see like. If they, I'm sure they probably changed oh, a yeah. lot. You know, I want to know like how close like they get up to like Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. You know, how far are they willing to push? Like, is it going to be like a you know day after type deal, or you know where they want to go? Because it can get pretty dark. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the closer they get to that, you know, movie. So and I would like to see that. You know, so I'd like yeah. to see those characters interacting when he's getting that much closer. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Yeah, and it'll be interesting, too, like, if it will resonate as much, because we kind of know, like, where Ahsoka ended mm. up. We kind of know where, like, Maul ended up. And I know Maul was a big part of, like, I think one of their last seasons mm. um, with Rebels. Yes. We kind of got closure in their stories, which was great. I mean, I, I can't say enough about Rebels. Um, so, but I'm glad that it's back. But because of that, for some reason, because we thought we were going to get a lot of like oh, yeah, resistance notes because yeah. that's going to be dropping in October, October I believe. Yeah. 
So I was really surprised. Like, we didn't get anything from them. So that was a little disappointing. Maybe they're saving it for, like, another... Um... Possibly for D23? Yeah, That's maybe. In, like, late August? I'm not... Okay, yeah. So I was I was kind of like, I'm, I'm really excited for that to see what that's going to be about. But at the same time, you know, they have that mentality of, this is Star Wars, so we can just put it out whatever yeah. we want. Yeah, they'll eat it up. Mm-hmm. And they're right. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I mean, that's great news. Yes. That is. Um, now, is that going to be part of the, where are they launching that? Is that going to be on like I'm Disney not sure and the Disney when it, channel? If it might be on the street. Like that's another good one to put on their streaming service that they want to put out. That's a big. But thing But their going streaming on. service isn't close to like this is coming out soon. I believe. I believe it's this year. I didn't. I didn't see the release date. Okay. Or anything, so it would make sense though. Mm-hmm. It'd be a nice launching or selling point for them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know how far along their streaming service is right now. Like you've been hearing a lot of things about it, but well, I haven't I seen a release date. I was surprised just to see that the, the entirety of the show is still on Netflix because they've been pulling things and like, um, well, Last Jedi popped up. Yeah. Last Jedi was yeah. brand new on it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. They have some kind of deal with them right now. So I don't know if they're waiting for that contract to like run out or something. Maybe they're just not that close to launching the streaming service at this point. Um, but yeah, no, I was really, I was really surprised, you know, with the the announcement. Um, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, th- th- this series means a lot. I feel like this series means a, as much, if not more, uh, than like the prequels mm-hmm. for some fans. Um, well, yeah. it does a lot more for the prequels. I mean, when. To be, I think, to be a tr- sorry, to be a true prequel fan, mm-hmm. you have to like have known a lot of the books, mm-hmm. the show, TV show, everything, because it, just a lot it of brings the story universe. and brings the universe so much, makes it so much better and more enjoyable. Well, this is where you really get to know like the clones, mm-hmm. and they really give them personality and everything. Where you know they're just kind of like names uh, in the prequels. This is where you learn, and you know the personality is yes. of like. Cody oh, and Rax. And the show that. brought so much more importance to the clones and other personalities. And yeah. Like, more like their deaths are more important to mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of death in that show. I didn't realize. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rebels, too, again. man. That's what I was yeah. saying before. I, I mean, it's not just a kid's show. I mean, mm-hmm. it's pretty dark at times. So, um, yeah. No. But, yeah. I, I'm curious to see where they take it. Um, and I'm really curious to hear some news about Resistance. Yes. So, I'm wondering if this is this has to be on the Disney Channel. I'm gonna have to. We'll have to look it up and we'll talk about it. Um, you know, next episode. Like Disney XD or something. Yeah, because I think that's where Rebels was. Mm-hmm. Was Disney XD? They've got so many channels. <laughs> Disney rules my house right now. I've got a three year old. So, All right. um, what else do we got um, here? We had the big reveal of Aquaman's first trailer. What did you think? Um, genuinely enjoyed it. Yes, through and through. Um, it it feels like a fun movie. But it also had some serious elements, and it, at the at the end, I didn't feel like, oh, this is just another like dreadfully dark DC. Film. It looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. It looked well done. Um, I love how like comic accurate like all the characters are. Yes. I thought that was great, like Black Manta and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ocean Master. It's funny because he looks like the least like comic accurate. Out yes. of everyone there. Yes. <laughs> yes, but everyone else looks spot on. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I heard at the con they actually teased the orange and green outfit for him, which is interesting. Do you think he'll actually end up wearing it for like I, a long period? Do you think it's no just idea. like a little Easter egg that they use? I can't imagine them going to 
Unless they're such eye candy somewhere. for the ladies, I don't see them like putting a shirt on that dude at any <laughs> point. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I mean, know your marketing, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it looked good though. It looked like it's going to be epic. Mm. You know, it looks like a big movie. So, but we kind of said all these things about Justice League at the same time. So, <laughs> I've heard some people complain that it looks like Thor underwater, which I think isn't fair because this is the, this is his story. Mm. So, yes, there are similarities there, but it's if anything, I got a I think it's the whole brother angle. You know, I think it's that because Ocean Master's his brother, but that's the story. That's not, yes. you know, and that's a uh, a time-honored, you know, storytelling tradition. Them having know. that fight for the throne made me think, oh, this is fun Black Panther. Yes, yes, fight. too, yeah. It's Wakanda underwater, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for it, though. Like I've said before, you know, James Wan is doing it, so I give, I want I give him a lot of trust. want something to come out of DC. I want something fun and enjoyable, other than Wonder Woman, because, yes, Wonder Woman was good. It, and they did actually, not to get completely mm-hmm. sidetracked, but they did show footage of Wonder Woman. At the oh, uh, and uh, it was getting lots of high praise. There's some scene with them in a mall or something like that. Some it action scene. Yes, it is the eighties, <laughs> um, but it's getting lots of praise. So, which I'm not surprised at mm. all. You know, and that comes out 2019, I believe. So, um, this lineup of three that they have, I mean, coming these next few years, it it all seems enjoyable and good, and we're only hearing good things. So that's a great step for them. Uh, to mention the third one, uh, we have Shazam. We have Shazam, yeah. Um, it felt like very much like big meets a like superhero mm. movie to me, which I felt like the tone was perfect for that yes. story and that character. Um, feels feels very like lighthearted, but you know, different. You know, than all like the and we're DC going movies. into it like with everyone giving it so much negativity when they saw. Um, What's his name in the costume? Yes. Um, Out of context. Yes. yes. Out of context, it looks ridiculous. Mm. Like, you see that? Like, what is this dude wearing? Because it looks like he's wearing one of those kids' Halloween costumes. Yeah. You know, with all the padding and everything. But it makes sense. Like, it makes sense, like, for what kind of story they're telling. You know, a kid being able to play superhero in real life. Um, You know, so it looks like it's genuinely going to be funny, too. So it has a very nice, like, lighthearted tone and everything. So I, I was, I actually, I think I was more impressed with that trailer than I was with Aquaman. And that's not putting down Aquaman at all. Mm. But I think I'm more interested in seeing that movie um, than Yeah, anything. the trailer Because I feel like that could be big, you know, mm. for them, tone-wise. The trailer for Shazam definitely was um, better paced and uh, better, like, kind of gave you a better idea of the story. Whereas... Aquaman was kind of like cool, cool, cool. Actually, yeah, actually, They didn't give you much story. Yeah, in that trailer, which is fine. I'm okay. I, like the one concern I did have with the Shazam trailer was like, are they giving us the whole movie here? Um, but they didn't set up really any villains yes. or anything, so I'm glad that they didn't go that route. But um, it it did feel like they knew that they needed to sell this movie to people that people aren't just like on board, mm. you know, like they are with like Aquaman. Um, so, but, which is fine. Um, I, like I said, I feel like I'm probably more like jazzed, if you will, about this trailer, um, than the other, uh, you know, DC trailers. So, um, it's just, it'd be interesting to see them have more movies, you know, with that kind of tone. Um, cause I feel like, you know, all the Snyder movies kind of had a very similar tone. So it's nice to see them kind of playing outside of the box. Mm. And speaking of which, DCEU, no more. 
Uh, yeah, uh, Worlds of DC now. Yes, which I think makes sense. Because mm-hmm. it seems like what they're going to do, what they're planning, you know, they're not going to have this huge, like, continuity and all these movies really connecting, you know, with the announcement of the origin, the, the Joker origin yes. story and everything. Um, you know, and other, like, you know, movies. I feel like they're announcing a movie, like, every month now. Mm-hmm. I know a while back we heard, like, there's going to be a New Gods movie. Yes. Um, so... It feels like this gives them a bigger sandbox to kind of play in and just like, you know, don't worry about, you know, connecting all these movies. Just do your thing. Just make good movies. Yes. Make money. Yes. (laughs) For once. Right. (laughs) So let creators create. Don't worry about, you know, all the other bullshit. You know, you don't have to be Marvel. Mm. You don't. You know? <laughs> well, so uh, DC used to know how to make like DC and Warner Brothers. They used to know how to make movies. I mean, just not so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like, it was just Dark Knight's what like tenth anniversary. So it wasn't that long ago. They're making all the years. Yes, ten years. Can you believe that? <laughs> um, I am old. old so old. How, how do you think I feel? Um, <laughs> so, but you no. Know, so I thought I thought you know. Pretty much besides the Titans trailer, I mean, I thought it was a good convention for DC. You know, mm. a solid convention. Because yes. I was really worried about them shitting the bed. I mean, it was their year to make something, you know. Yes, especially with, like, Marvel not involved mm. this year. You know, we didn't get anything out of Marvel besides, like, Netflix. Yes. Um, You know, which I guess we can get into. Yeah, uh, we got Iron Fist little teaser trailer. That's what they released for us. Yeah, I thought this sucked. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It was, it, it was a teaser. Yes. So I'm not gonna judge the whole series off of this little teaser, mm. but it really just gave me more of the same. You know, it's more of the issues I had with the first season. Like, Danny is fighting some dude in an alley. I feel like it takes him way too long, mm-hmm. you know, to like take this guy down. Um, all of a sudden, he does, and like two or three other guys pop up, and then, yeah. you know, the one saving grace for the whole thing is he sparks up the fists and goes to pound the pavement. I thought that was cool because it tells me that he's going to have more control over his power. But overall, it's just like, eh. The choreography wasn't very impressive, no. you know, which I felt like they really needed to shine here. It's from the, uh, the what we were getting narration-wise. Um, it sounds like he's going to be kind of filling in for Daredevil. Yes. Just the way he was talking about, like, yes, how, like, this is my city now, you know, I've got to protect her. Blah, blah, blah. So kind of, I was really thinking we we're going to get that whole, like, Kamal story where we kind of left off mm-hmm. in the first season. But maybe that took place already. And we're, you know, meeting up with Danny in a different place in his life. And, you know, may- this sounds like it's going to be more directly after Defenders. Which is which is fine. It's better to go in this different direction since, least since the first one. Yes. Man threw us off the fucking rails. Yes, yes. So. I'm fine with them changing course. Mm-hmm. I'm completely fine with that. Um, now, that being said, we did not see anything else. Like, there was actually extended footage show yeah. at the con, and people have been praising it big time. Like, saying it was some of the best action sequences they've seen from any of the Marvel Netflix shows. So that's huge praise. Mm-hmm. Like, and then saying, like, it, it, it was, like, a hundred times better than anything we saw in the first season. So, and that's what it would need to be, yes. to be decent at least. I would love to be able to tell someone in like two, three years from now, yeah, just skip the first season and this is great. Yes, yes. You know? Jump in at like, uh, I don't even know if I'd say Defenders, but maybe at Luke Cage second season mm-hmm. and then just go from there. You know, just pretend that's his first appearance in the Netflix universe. 
Um, because yeah, I mean, that'd be great. I mean, what a fucking, you know, revival that would be because right now, I mean, just everyone's attitude towards the Iron Fist is Mm -hmm. really just, you know, not great at all. You know, everyone kind of like, oh, Iron Fist, we got to do this again (laughs) when they announce the second season, especially since it's before the uh, third season of Daredevil. Mm -hmm. But maybe story-wise, if he is kind of filling in the shoes, you know, filling in for Daredevil and everything, maybe that's why they released it this way. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, Especially if he's supposed to be out somewhere else, like... Yeah, being taken care of. Let's, because it does. I think that's an interesting way to do it. Like you have him, uh, have his storyline. That's where he is, and I, I definitely see him then being a part of Daredevil's storyline yeah. once he comes back. And this is being released September seventh, mm-hmm. just in time to ruin my birthday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'm guessing then we'll probably get like a November drop for Daredevil season three. It's supposed to happen in uh, 2018. So we are running out of months here. December, maybe? Yeah, maybe December. Early December? Yeah, be a nice Christmas gift. (laughs) I I would take it. uh, Because I'm really excited for that season, too. So, um, yeah. But, hey, whatever. I mean, hopefully all the reports are, you know, true. They're coming out. And, you know, they really, you know, put their best foot forward this season. Yes. Um, What else we got here? Um, Well, we had other news from Marvel with... uh, kind of a big exit yes this kind of put a dark cloud on the whole weekend for me at least james gunn got fired from marvel yes um i did not read any of the tweets i guess basically what happened was is someone outed tweets from 10 years ago that were very like controversial um all jokes from what i understand but um just very insensitive tweets And, you know, Disney seemed to have their hands tied and they had to go ahead and just, you know, act swiftly and let him go. Um, There has been a backlash from people um, right now um, saying that they acted too swiftly and they should have let things play out. Um, I haven't heard anything from anyone else, like, you know, outraged by his tweets or anything. Mm. Um, I understand, you know, it puts Disney in a corner. You know, especially with everything that's happened with, like, Roseanne Barr and everything yeah. recently. So, um, they probably don't want to look like hypocrites, but... Well, I, even with the branding of Marvel and where they have that position, kind of under this idea of, you know, Disney is still the children's yeah. program, and then you yeah. have someone coming out. Yeah. Who, and they're in a pretty prominent position. For he was talking Marvel. about, like, Disney characters and stuff like that. From one, The one tweet I saw, I was like, oh, I could definitely see them not liking this tweet. But it seemed like it's, like, the opposite of who he really is. It was just mm. some, you know, bad comedy, um, you know, trying to be outlandish to be outlandish. Um, you know, he came out before it even happened um, and, you know, basically apologized, saying he was a different person and he was trying to, you know, being con- trying to be controversial. Um, so I don't, I don't know. You know, we'll see what happens with it. Um, I know there's, like, multiple petitions going on right now to get him rehired. I just can't imagine the Guardians without James Gunn. You know, and if I was DC, I would wait a couple years and I would hire him. (laughs) You know? Because, I mean, you want to talk about a guy with vision. I mean, what he did with the Guardians, you know, a literally, like, a grade, like, D group Mm -hmm. of characters in the Marvel Universe and just brought him to, like, you know, being one of the best, you know, movies that Marvel's put out, you know, since their entire run. 
I mean, that's amazing. You know, and he, he's really helped them and the comic book world too, like what we've been reading with, exactly. you know, Infinity Countdown and everything. Um, you know, they're one of their bigger books. So he's done a lot for those characters. Yes, content-wise, yeah, we're, we're going to miss him in Marvel. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we don't excuse any any jokes. No, no, matter no what we don't know like. exactly what, and I don't know exactly what his dreams were, exactly. you know. And it sounds like Disney did have to let him go. It sounded like their hands were tied. It seems like there was quite a few kids' jokes. Yeah, so it's unfortunate. And obviously, it's weird, too, because he didn't delete the tweets, you know. And it's I was, t- I was saying off mic, I was like, most like when you go in for a job, mm-hmm. you know, one of the first things they do nowadays is check your social media. So I don't know how these like giant corporations, you know, in Hollywood aren't checking people's social media. Like the whole Roseanne thing, they could have found out from the very beginning. Like they're mm-hmm. like, so I don't know if they're just putting their head in the sand, you know, I don't know why they're not doing their homework. So they see money first. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but James Gunn wasn't like a big name in True. Hollywood at the time. So, I don't know. And maybe it's just a different time now. Everyone's, you know, a lot more sensitive to those, you know, aspects. So, which I understand. And they should be. Um, But, yeah. So, I really... It's a big loss for Marvel, you know. Um, You know, and we'll see where it takes us. Um, But the last thing that we have for Marvel news is uh, Uncanny X-Men has... Is coming back. It's being relaunched. That is right. And we kind of knew this was in the cards when they announced the cancellation of uh, X-Men Gold. And X-Men Blue. So I think we were actually saying they're probably bringing back Uncanny X-Men. And sure enough, you know, the book has been off the shelves for a couple of years at this point. So it makes sense. And I expect Um, the other team to come back as well, by the way. Um, Uncanny Avengers. Uncanny Avengers? Mm. I don't know if we'll do that. Um, I like the concept of that book, but I don't know. I think they might stay away from that book for a little bit. But I wouldn't put it past him at all. I mean, it was, I think it was a pretty, like, I don't know, popular book. I think mm. it sold well. So, I mean, just all those characters who were involved in that book are in such different like places right now. Um, but, yeah, no. So, I'm trying to figure out who I would like to see on a team, you know? Because I feel like if they're, like, really trying to relaunch this line, they need to put their best team together. Um, who would you like to see, Christian? If you were going to go ahead and fill out this roster for this, you know, for really, I mean, Daxman's <laughs> flagship book, you know, I'll um, give you, you know, I'll give you seven choices, seven, seven characters. That's usually how many characters are on the team. True, but that's a lot of... A lot of thinking? Lot of thinking. <laughs> I definitely, um, the first thing that I thought of was, especially since I don't see her in any type of leadership role anywhere at the moment, I'd like to see Rome continue to be a leader. I agree. Because we kind of, I, I feel like, besides Uncanny Avengers, I feel like she doesn't get a just due in the mm. X-Men books. So I would like to see her in that leadership role. So I agree 100%. But I'm trying to think because, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to start pulling out my favorite characters. It's just like... No, it's okay. <laughs> this is your... Hey, man, you do what you want. I want to hear your, like, your, like, all-time... Uncanny oh, X team. team. Yes, go for it. Um, definitely X twenty three is on the team. Okay, cool. Um, so does that does that mean you're not Wolverine on the team? Uh, no. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. He he's gonna be in plenty of books. On <laughs> That's true. Let's just be That's true. There's nothing wrong with that. X twenty three Rogue. 
Uh, Nightcrawler. Okay. Um, Honey Badger's got to be there because she's just enjoyable. Okay. Wherever X twenty three. That's an interesting choice. Is she officially part of the team, or is just X twenty three's babysitting her? So at this point, I want her to grow up. You know, let's, okay. get, let's get that little bit. Little I mean, bit she's older. pretty young, so yeah. I mean, she's a new character. But you want her to grow up already? Yeah. Let's, okay. Let's, hey, okay. Hey, whatever. Time flies. Who knows when these celestials fall? What happens to the? <laughs> you got to carry your weight, honey badger. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh yeah, I'll throw Mystique on. Okay, that's an interesting choice. Um. So is she with the team or just kind of? She is working with the team, but she has ulterior. Of As course. Usual. Okay. Um, You're at five. Domino. Domino. Okay. And Havoc. And Havoc. Okay. All right. Well, that's an interesting team. So to recap, Christian <laughs> chose Nightcrawler, Havoc, Domino, mm. Mystique, Mystique, Rogue mm. is your leader. Yes. Uh, Honey Badger, and X-23. Yes. All right. Could you imagine her trying to lead that team? Yeah, that'd be a pain. Bunny Especially with Mystique with... there. <laughs> if anything's for Kryptonite, it's Mystique. Yes. So, Butting then... heads with Havoc. Butting heads with Mystique. Yeah, she would definitely be butting heads with Havoc. Mm. Um, Nightcrawler so... trying to make everything work. Really, it should be Nightcrawler. <laughs> Nightcrawler's always the good. I, I never see him as a leader. Huh? Uh, he's Personally. Good, he's a, yeah, he's a good leader, though. He led uh, Excalibur for a while. So... Um, for me, I would have to go, and this is actually something I did not put any thought, even though it was my question. <laughs> um, I would go, I would have to start off with Wolverine, just because I feel like you don't have an X-Men team without Wolverine. I would have to have, sure. I would have to, like, I, I, <laughs> I agree, he's everywhere, but I just, for it to be a true X-Men team, okay. I need Wolverine. Uh, I would also have to go Nightcrawler. Like mm-hmm. I said, he's the glue. He's kind of like the soul of the yes. team. Uh, give me Storm. Um, but I want a powerless storm. I want punk rock storm from okay. the eighties. That's what I want. That's my X Men team. Do you want to DH her, or do you want? I don't know. Maybe if we some get, time can, are we? Yeah. You know what? Hey, it's our rules. Let's <laughs> <laughs> let's DH her. Um, so I want that version of Storm. Okay. I, um, I would like to see Gambit on the team. I'm a sucker for Gambit. I'm a nineties guy, so I definitely hmm. want to see Gambit. He kind of has disappeared. In the last, like, five, ten years. Yeah, he's got a lot of weird small roles. Yeah, yeah. Even so in they doesn't fit. Just recently, they started bringing him back mm. into these books, um, it feels like, and giving more of a spotlight. But there was a good, like, five years where he was kind of just off the beaten track for some reason. Um, I would also like to see Kitty part of the team. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of her in gold right now. Who's your leader so far? Mm. I'm going to say Kitty. I'm going to have to say Kitty, um, which totally throws Rogue out the window for me. So <laughs> I'm going to go Kitty here. All right. uh, I'm going to put Warpath on the team. Warpath is one of my favorite mutants, totally not used at all. Um, you know, he seems to be part of Havoc's new team, but I feel like he kind of falls to the wayside a lot. I think he's a really interesting character. He's part of the X-Force. Um, and, gotcha. You know, well, just, just he's started. like the... Yes, and he's the muscle, you know, the team. But he's got other really cool, like, you know, uh, powers. And he really has a great backstory, too. So I really feel like they can really get into that, you know, and do it justice. Um, Man, I got one more spot. Hmm. I have an idea of what I think you would pick. This is very difficult. I have one more spot. (sighs) 
I want Jubilee on the team. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sucker for Jubilee. Give me Jubilee. That was his favorite X-Men. Yeah. Give me Jubilee. <laughs> Sparklers and all. They've they've up they've upgraded her powers mm. recently. So but yeah, give me Jubilee. You know, I like Jubilee, man. She's spunky. I like I'm her. Glad I, I love her. the dynamic. We did you said it after the fact. I don't know if I can give you credit. What do you mean? I said I thought I you, had you said you Yeah, but you didn't say who. Yeah, because I don't want to ruin it for you. <laughs> Yeah. You don't spoil my pick. Exactly. <laughs> my imaginary team of X-Men. <laughs> so I feel like yes. I've seen this team though. You've seen different versions of this team throughout the years. Mm. We didn't say like the most unique team in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't what I mean We have seen your team too, man. Maybe a few more males on the team, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying yours feels a lot more classic yes. than mine. Well yes. Yeah. Those are my X-Men, mm. you know. But, yeah, that's that would be my team, you know. You got a little 80s, a little 90s going on mm. there. So, well, that's my generation of X-Men, so it makes sense. Um, but, yeah, that would be my team. Now, we know shit, so we have no idea what this team is going to look like. Um, you know, they usually throw a curveball in there mm. and have some, you know, different characters that you never thought of. I hope to God they don't do the villain thing. I feel like they've been doing that the last couple of years where they just have a random villain Same part of the you. team. Mystique. You know, Dude, I just Sabretooth's gonna be your leader. Oh God, I hope not. No, I think he actually <laughs> he's part of the X Force team now, but I think he's kind of gone rogue again. You know, I think he's kind of gone back to uh, the uh, his original state. Gotcha. So I don't know if the inversion like ended for him too, but someone's gonna forget that the inversion even happened eventually. I think they have to a certain point. Some writers, <laughs> you know, um, which isn't a bad thing because it was a horrible mm. storyline. But yeah, so that would be my own uh, canny X-Men team. I don't, like I said, I we have no clue who they're putting on the no. team. They literally, for the, the press for it, they just showed the the X-Men font, the classic X-Men font on canny X-Men. That's it. They didn't give us anything That's else. all you need, though, right? So, and it's supposed to be released, I believe, in November. Oh, okay. So it's, I thought it might be like early next year. No, 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 no. It's it's sooner than that. So Because I, I, I believe gold and blue ends. I believe in September. Ah, so we have to, you know, replace those books like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's a couple months. So, but yeah, but you you still have Red and Astonishing mm, going yeah, on at the same time. And what what's Havoc's team? What what what? It's X Men Black. Oh, that's what he wants to call it. No, what's the title of the book? What, what do you mean? Is it? He's in um, Astonishing. Oh, it is Astonishing. That's yeah. right. It is Astonishing. Okay. I was like, wait a second. I'm still thinking it's Soul on uh, Astonishing. Oh, no. So <laughs> That's right. So And that just started. So we'll see where that takes us. All right. So kind of in the superhero vein, uh, we had the trailer for Glass Drop. Mm. Um, I thought it looked great. Um, it, it's a different concept than I thought they were going with. Um, they start off with them all kind of like in a, like it looks like a mental hospital, yeah. like an institution or something being interviewed. Um, by that actress, I can't think of her name right now from American <laughs> Horror Story. She's fantastic, though. Mm, Wh- she's whatever her name is, she's yeah, she's been getting a lot of work lately and getting a lot of awards too. Mm. So, um, so I'm excited for the casting, even though I don't know her name. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to bother looking up right now. So, but um, so it was definitely a different like mm. take than I was expecting. I really thought it was going to start from where Split, you know, ended. Um, with Bruce Willis's character kind of hunting um, the character from um, Split. 
Um, but we're sh- at least, and maybe that's where the movie picks up. Yeah, but that's you're what I was kinda... gonna say. I feel like that might be where it picks up, but they all get maybe captured and taken to. Yeah, and like she's being interviewed, but it seems like because a lot of that trailer involves her, kind mm. of. You know, it seems like investigating. I'm terrified because it's an M Night movie that it's gonna end up like they don't really have powers and they're all just crazy. And uh, although all the other movies would kind of contradict that. Mm. But I'm just, you know, he always has those twists. Um, although I will say, like, I feel like the guy's got a bum rap, you know, lately. Um, you know, I feel like I, I really enjoyed Split. Um, I also, what the hell was the name of the movie? He didn't direct it. It was, pro- he produced it. Oh, Devil. The Elevator movie. I did like the Elevator I movie. Yes. I was I was a fan of the Elevator movie. <laughs> so, um I just I loved everything about that movie. So, um but I feel like, you know, he's slowly starting to overcome, you know, the the stigma around his name. Did you see the one where it's the uh, kids visiting their grandparents for the first time? Oh, that's the other movie. Yes. yes. What the hell was it called? I have it. <laughs> it's like I own a visit it. or something. That's right, The Visit. Hmm. Yes. That was a good movie. I yes, did enjoy that, too. There was another one in there. No, I took it more as a comedy than I did as a horror film. It was a little hokey at times, but it was still fun, you know? Um, old people can be scary sometimes, yes. especially when they start losing their minds. So there was kind of that angle going on mm. in that movie, um, you know? But, yeah, I, I really, I, I don't know. I, I feel like he's on the up and up now, so um, I'm expecting big things from this movie. I'm, I'm still more reserved about it. Okay. Yeah. I swear Split to God, though. Good. I swear to fucking God, if it ends up that they don't really have powers and they're <laughs> yeah, crazy. That'd be very disappointing. Although, I doubt they go that angle. That I think that would just be him saying a t- that'd be a huge fuck you to everyone. Mm. <laughs> oh, you like this movie, huh? <laughs> <laughs> go fuck yourselves, Hollywood. Um, yeah, so um, everything looked wonderful, though. I mean, Samuel Jackson in that character... Um, Mr. Glass. I mean, he was really just, just a chilling character um, in Unbreakable. So I'm excited that we're getting to revisit with that character and, you know, see what he's up to and everything. And it seems like this, obviously, the movie's called Glass. So it's going to really focus on his character and everything. Just, if you haven't seen Unbreakable, I feel like it's kind of under the radar with, like, the rest. I think people talk more about, like, Signs and Sixth mm. Sense and everything with M. Night. Unbreakable is a really good movie. Um, you know, it, it's, it takes a couple watches, but I just love the tone of that movie, the way it's shot. I mean, it's a really beautiful piece of work. So I believe it was his second film too, after mm-hmm. Sixth Sense. Um, but it just well done, you know, and really, you know, just plays with the whole like superhero, like lore and everything. Um, so if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend it. So what did you think of the trailer? Um, I enjoyed it. I had the same kind of like. I hope that, to God that this isn't they're going to just erase all the oh, be so mad. situation. Oh, God. Um, it was definitely differently paced than what I expected it to be. You know, I thought they might go more almost, especially with this character, like having Split kind of looming in the darkness while we get more of this confrontation between Glass and him. So I feel like he's going to, that character's going to get captured rather quickly. I feel like we're going to get into the hospital rather quickly. Just from the amount of footage we saw with the doctor, I feel like, you know, because they kind of showed like him, like torturing these like yeah, cheerleaders, like, yeah. you know, which was a pretty crazy scene. Um, so I feel like that's going to be in the very beginning of the film. And then 
you know, we're all, somehow they're all going to get captured and we're going to kind of really like dive into, you know, what makes these characters tick, you know, but I feel like Glass probably has a master plan that he's working on. Mm. So, um, just, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to get back into that whole universe, you know, and the fact that it is a universe, mm. you know, that he kind of created his own like little comic book <laughs> world, you know, unknowingly, you know. Would you um, be happy to see him expand on this, like see more characters? Um, I don't want to get too big, but like I could see enough, like if the movie's well done, I'd be happy with another sequel to it. You know, I, I don't see any reason not to, um, I don't know, you know, maybe introduce another character or something like that. I feel like another character would have to be introduced for them to really like, you know, make almost like a franchise out of it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it'll ever get too big. You know, I don't think he like, unless... And I don't know what kind of deal he has with the studios. Like, if he doesn't have rights to it and it just does monster numbers and they're like, oh, we're moving on without you, dude. Sorry. <laughs> so, but I feel like he's kind of the creator who, like, mm. has all this shit, like, locked, you know, for, you know, th- this is mine. This is my shit. You know, his name is on top of everything. So, I'm pretty sure he has creative control over everything. So, but, yeah. No. I mean, when that comes, that's early 2019. That's January. Okay. So it's sooner than later. So um, I'm sure we'll be seeing more and more. You know. well, we Hopefully not have, too much, though. We have to have movies to fill in the void until Avengers, so. Yes. <laughs> we got to be doing something in the meantime. <laughs> or every other episode will be about the Avengers, you mm-hmm. know, and the little news that they leak, yes. you know, because you know they'll be teasing us. <laughs> I was really expecting more Marvel stuff. Um, out of and I know they said, "Hey, we pulled out," but I thought that was just their way, mm. you know, a red herring almost to kind of like you know pull a fast one. Oh yeah, they focused mostly on their TV shows while they were there, like they talked about Cloak and Dagger and stuff like that. Were you surprised? I, I thought maybe they'd give us something with like, Captain Marvel, you know, like yeah. just a little teaser, like some footage or something. Um, you know what they did? Um, Halloween um, had a panel, mm. and they act, people are raving about the footage that they showed. I guess they showed like a scene of the movie and then showed a new cut of the trailer and people are just like ecstatic. Um, they talked about the score. They talked about the way it was shot. Um, it does a great job of like paying homage to like Carpenter's original. Um, so I'm just, I can't wait. And that's, that's in October. So mm. that's right around the corner. So I'm sure we'll see that trailer soon. Just drives me crazy listening to people talk about this awesome trailer, <laughs> this awesome scene, and not be able to like they see. And I'm, I'm not usually the guy who goes out looking mm. for the, the leak because you know there's always like, <laughs> yes. you know, someone with their cell phone camera filming it. But I actually did. I actually went on and looking to see if I could find <laughs> it. <laughs> I could not, obviously. Don't worry. It's usually always within the first month. After. Yeah. Yeah, although, oh, well, what happened? What, Avengers, right? They released a trailer last year, and then they didn't give a shit for, mm. you know, like, people are literally like, where the hell's the Avengers trailer? What's going on? Um, Venom also had the same reaction. They did a new trailer, showed new footage. Um, people were pra- praising the special effects on it um, that, you know, just kind of forget everything you saw in the first trailer. Oh, okay. So the effects improved that much, apparently. Which is too, like, I don't know why they felt like if it's unfinished, don't show it until, you know, you're just going to piss people off and get people, they just don't know what the fuck they're doing. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, so people were really like, kind of like praising, you know, what they saw and everything. So we'll see. Because I was not a fan. I feel like the special effects are what's going to mostly sell that movie. Oh yeah. It's definitely an effects movie. It has to be. So, 
Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I was definitely, after the first trailer, though, I was disappointed. Tom Hardy was there to sign things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was part of the panel and everything. So they did a pretty nice q and I guess. So I don't know. I'm sure that will be, we'll get a trailer soon, a new trailer yes. soon. So, um, but yeah, let's move on to comic books, we'll right? Comics. All right, so uh, we have a lot of books to talk. Not really a lot. Probably an average five, one. Five. Five, yeah. Um, but they were good books, so let's get into them. Uh, first, we're going to start off uh, The Life of Captain Marvel, number one. Um, the definitive origin of Captain Marvel. Carol Danvers was just a girl from the Boston suburbs who loved science and the Red Sox until a chance encounter with a Cree hero gave her incredible superpowers. Now, she's a leader in the Avengers and the commander of Alpha Flight. But what if there were more to the story? When crippling anxiety attacks put her in, on the sidelines in the middle of a fight, Carol finds herself re, um, reliving memories of a life she thought was far behind her. You can't outrun where you're from, and sometimes you have to go home again. But there are skeletons in Captain Marvel's closet, and what she discovers will change her entire world. Written by best-selling author Margaret Stoll and drawn by fan favorite comics veteran Carlos Pacheco. This is <laughs> the <laughs> origin of Captain Marvel. The true origin of Captain Marvel. So, do you think this is retconning anything, or is this just this just going to be it? I'll be honest, I don't know tons about Carol's backstory, like when she was younger, mm-hmm. so I don't know if it's retconning a lot. Um, I'm sure it is, or at least it's introducing new elements mm. to her backstory. I don't know if I would necessarily call it retconning. Um, it, it, it was a lot of like, I, I do. So it basically opens up with her kind of like in a flashback or she actually, no, this, I mean, honestly, like just to start off, this book really should just be called Carol. Cause it really is, mm. you know, less about, you know, Captain Marvel and more about Carol as a person. Um, it opens up with her having like a huge anxiety attack. You know, she's like having a flashback, you know, during a fight scene, you know, a fight with, you know, I believe it is, God, who is it? Who's he fighting? I guess it doesn't really, God damn it. Hold on. I'm going to get her. I'm going to get her name. It's Moon something. Oh. They did say it. Um... Oh, it's going to fucking kill me. Moon. <sighs> Moonstone. Sorry, so punch me in before I start going into Moonstone or fight scene. Um, so she's having a fight, a battle with Moonstone, one of you know a classic Avengers foe. So uh, in the middle of it, she just starts like having this flashback to like a family vacation that she's on and. Basically, you know, it shows you like an abusive situation that, you know, her family was in, um, her father kind of beating on her brothers, mm-hmm. um, you know, some really like heavy shit <laughs> is happening. She just starts like hammering Moonstone in the middle of the battle where like the Avengers actually take notice. <laughs> They're like, whoa, whoa, what the hell's going on? I think Moonstone's like, you've never hit me that hard yes. before. Um, it was anger that 
Hulk knows. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, yes. So, like, you know, right away, she basically comes down, um, and she's like, can't breathe. Um, Tony takes her into his lab, you know, he does a full, like, medical checkup, nothing's wrong with her. Um, she starts talking about, like, kind of her past and starts saying it's Father's Day, so that's why, you know, Mm -hmm. explains why she's having this flashback at the time. Um, and what triggered, you know, her panic attack. And her and Tony have a nice little heart-to-heart, which was a little weird because, Mm. you know, right now where we're at in the Avengers book, there definitely, there's a lot of tension between the characters. So I don't know necessarily where this kind of falls. I'm going to assume it's further in the Yes, and it seems like, because this is that team Mm. on a different adventure, a different mission, so... Um, there's no I way. I also that... want to say Hulk was more um, expressive in the way that she was able to talk. Yes, rather yes. than just being like Hulk. Yeah, angry. she's not like completely savage. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, then you know we go ahead and she is taking some time off. She goes and visits you know her hometown. You know talks to you know runs into her family. Obviously mm-hmm. you know has a heart-to-heart with her mother and her brother, um, you know, visits her father's, like, uh, gravestone, yes. and, you know, that's kind of where everything goes to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, her and her brother have an argument. He had been drinking. He had been drinking. Um, he runs off, gets into a car. She even mentions, I should probably go after him. Or I, maybe I think it was kind of in hindsight, maybe, um, where the narration is. Mm-hmm. Maybe she, I think, you know, like she, knowing my, you know, how, you know, my family handles, you know, their alcohol, I should probably, I should have gone after him, but she doesn't. And he gets into a horrific like accident where, you know, he's in a hospital for months, you know, it looks like there's some kind of like brain damage or mm-hmm. something. Um, you know, it's a slow recovery and she's completely off the grid. Um, you know, hero wise, you got Tony reaching out to her, you know, trying to see, you know, where she's at, if she's ready to come back. I think they said like nine months or yes. something, which in like, you know, Marvel Comics, you know, continuity, that's a lot. So I'm guessing they probably don't even play with that in mm. the actual Avengers series. Because um, that is, I mean, nine months is a long time continuity wise. So, but she just isn't ready to come back. Um, she ends up, I, the brother comes back, it like comes back to the house. Yes. And she's digging around her parents' room and finds uh, Well, because he can't get up the stairs, she puts him on the living room couch, so that's where he, she's going to take his room. Mm-hmm. And she just does, um, her cat just happens to run into the closet. It was a space cat, apparently. Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> Whatever. Um, she finds a box and uh, she opens up the box and she finds a letter um, from her father to some mysterious woman. Yeah. Which is interesting because mm. why would the father have the letter still? But whatever. <laughs> why wouldn't the woman have the letter? So, Unless and- it was supposed to be for the mom and maybe the mom was the affair and we just don't know yet yeah because i took it as it was because i think he signed it at the end mm-hmm. of it or whatever Jim, says, I believe uh, joseph yeah. joseph okay um and then we get a scene like out in outer space of like two amoebas like mingling in a pot or something like that and like a fetus forming and it's shooting yes. off it looks like towards earth <laughs> well <laughs> I'm like, um, what? She also finds a little device in the box, and she has no idea why. That's right. Did you notice it kind of looked like the device that uh, Samuel L. Jackson has in uh, Avengers? The little whatever pager, the space pager that he has? I didn't think of it that way, but I could see it. Yeah, right? I kind of looked. Mm. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But, she um, was questioning, like, why does her father have this, like, 
Yeah, piece of this kind of tack, right? She tries to bang it open with a hammer. That's right. She's hammering the thing <laughs> in the garage. Um, so, which I thought was funny mm. that she would even need to use a hammer, but you know, since she's like the most one of the most powerful beings in the universe. Mm. But whatever. So, um, yeah. So then you've got this like fetus headed towards Earth. So I don't know. I'm thinking potential sibling. I I'm not sure where we're going with this. Um, from the story that they were telling, and then all of a sudden to get like mm. you know this and kind it's of definitely shot Cree origin. Yes, yes, because I think it's Mother Cree doing mm. the voiceover um, during that scene. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I'm definitely intrigued by this book. Um, it has a lot of heart. I like you know them diving deeper into Carol's character. Mm. Um, a lot of, you know, she didn't become, like, a predominant, like, character in the Marvel Universe, at least for me, to, like, the early 2000s. She was kind of fucked around with a lot um, early on by a lot of people. I mean, she was, half of her psyche, her consciousness was, like, absorbed by Rogue, Rogue yeah. you know. So, um, it's good, though, that she's such a big character in the Marvel Universe that they're actually taking the time and like, giving a book that's it seems like going to be really, like, dedicated to, like, who Carol really is as a person. So, um, you know, and I thought it opened up some good mysteries that will keep me, you know, reading for a while, at least. I think the uh, biggest mystery for me is how did Alpha Flight not see that? And how did um, Toby not catch the, the baby going into the uh, orbit? I don't know, man. Cree technology. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bright red. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She's kind of sitting, right? They kind of showed yes, up in the distance, but the I think that's just storytelling, man. I know. As an artist's it's choice, fine, but I see what you're saying. Like, I can literally do that every other page of every comic <laughs> book. <laughs> I don't know why it just bothered me so much. I'm like, I know they have so Especially after we read, we'll, we'll get to the Avengers, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. That's the question you have this week. <laughs> I'm just saying. But yeah, um, I was, I was impressed with the book. Yes. You know, I thought it was good storytelling. You know, and it, I thought it brought a different layer to Carol's mm. character. You know, I didn't, and I don't know if the whole abusive father thing was something they explored before or if it's something that they've just, you know, added to the character. But I thought that was an interesting angle, you know, and I like seeing her kind of like, you know, dealing with anxiety and having an anxiety attack because you don't see that much, mm. you know, and it felt very real. Like, something that will, you know, authentic that would happen to, like, these characters who are basically in combat, you know, all of their lives. Yes. So, it makes sense for them to have these issues, you know. Um, you know so, but, yeah, what, what, what did you think of the story? No, I thought it was a very well-layered story, and I think it's interesting to see this character this way. And I'm kind of interested to see where they take this. Um, if they keep this kind of um, writing going, or does it turn into this random action adventure? Yeah, because it definitely feel, doesn't feel like it's going to be, it feels like it's going to be the opposite mm. of that. Um, and just, I mean, from the title alone, the fact that it's called The Life of Captain Marvel, you know, like I said, it could have been just called Carol, mm. and it would make perfect sense. So, um, you know, not marketing-wise, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I, I, I was really impressed. So, um, yeah, but moving on. We have, like, a comic book who's, like, on the exact opposite side of the spectrum <laughs> storytelling-wise. And that's not a bad thing. But uh, we have Avengers number five, uh, written by Jason Aaron. And we still have Ed McGinnis on art. So, 
Let's dive into Avengers, and this is a lot less wordier yeah. blurb. Yeah, <laughs> Behold, the wildest, most awe-inspiring team of Avengers ever assembled. But will it be enough to defeat the combined powers of Loki and the final host of the Dark Celestials? And what is that startling secret of the progenerator? Uh, progenitor. Progenitor. That's, okay. That's how I read it. I read it. Hey man, that sounds good to me. It sounds like a, a transformer. So progenitor, um, Christian, your thoughts on this? Uh, book? Go go Avengers! I mean, that's <laughs> this was an epic book in kind of it was very fun throughout. I would yes, say. yes, this was. I mean, there's some serious like you know I don't know threats consequences mm. that could be happening it's a world ending but it was very like lighthearted at the same time <laughs> it felt like it could be an episode and in, in the best fa- like think of the best episode of the power rangers like you yes. feel like it could be very I much many. I okay well I, I, right. it's not my generation <laughs> <laughs> but it felt like it was very much mm. in that vein but very fun you know this yeah. was just about the action and the spectacle of it all so, um, we have, you know, Loki kind of explaining the origin yes. of, you know, why Earth has so many, like, superhumans. Um, that it's due to this, like, fallen, like, celestial, and, you know, we go into all this. What I enjoyed about that was, I feel like we've get, been getting these kind of stories over in DC, mm. these huge oh, yeah. operatic <laughs> stories. But and it, a lot of it from one of my favorite writers, Scott Snyder. But my issue with his storytelling has been, like, the amount of, like, exposition going to it. This is the opposite. You know, they give you a little, but not too much. Mm. This is very much, like, things are happening. We'll explain it later. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got, like, you know, Thor getting this weapon from Odin. Mm. We don't really know what it is. He eats it with She-Hole. Yes. It's like, it's from the Frost Giants, so it makes them giants. Yeah, I guess. Okay. But it's, it, I think what's interesting was, it was getting to that point where there might have been too much exposition, uh-huh. but as soon as they got there, you know, Ghost Rider shows up and he... You're talking about the talk between, like, yes. Captain America and Loki? Yes. Yeah. Like, it's this very serious conversation about... You know, the creation of pretty much humanity and everything. I love how unimpressed Captain America is with everything Loki is saying. <laughs> well, he's, he he's just heard like, it before. He's, he's like, whatever. All that matters is what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. And he just kicks him in the face. <laughs> exactly. um, yeah, Ghost Rider shows up, just chokes him, and throws him in the trunk. Yes. And it becomes a whole different story. He literally has a god in the trunk of his mm. car. <laughs> and they're off. Like, Captain America riding shotgun. You know, that visual <laughs> yeah. alone is enough to sell me the book. So calling um, Tony and Tony has no idea who it is. Yes, <laughs> like what the hell's going on? The car gave he got the phone number from Howard Stark, his dad. The car gave mm. like somehow talked he, to Howard Stark. It seems that he believes that the um, demon isn't mostly in him, but it's in the car, car somehow. So yeah. that's kind of like he. That's I mean they even explained that with Captain America saying no, the power is really in you. In you, you. yes, yes. Where he starts kind of like trusting himself more in the book, in Mm -hmm. this book, and starts to like really expand his powers and really kind of like I don't know experiments with his powers. Mm -hmm. You see him like fucking hellfire up a tractor, Um, and then lo and behold, he goes and finds that fallen uh, celestial and is able to somehow power him up with hellfire, hellfire. And then, like, 
becomes one with him, I guess. <laughs> so you've got a giant celestial mm. ghost rider standing along a giant Thor and a giant She-Hulk. And then Tony just happens to have Godbuster armor that's mm. hiding on Mars. You know, and he doesn't mention this in the other issues at all, but then he just he calls keeps saying to that it. he has a plan. <laughs> And then we oh, find see, out I what that. the okay. plan is. Because <laughs> even in. like Doctor Strange is like, really, man? How rich are you? <laughs> God killer out. Yes. Armor. Yes. Nuts. Just hiding on Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, just a fun book, man. This is this is what the Avengers to me is all about. So I mean, I love like you know runs by Hickman and Perez. But this to me, like just this kind of like balls to the wall, action packed. World-ending events, but, you know, totally this tone of, like, you know, just fun, you know, adventure. Um, I I really dug this book. I really did. Um, you know, and like I said, I, I even Ed McGinnis, I'm not a huge fan of his artwork, but it's grown on me. Yes. You know, um, some of his, like, panels are just beautiful. So, um, some get a little too animated for me, like, too cartoony, but, I mean, a lot, the majority of the shots, especially of, like, the Celestials, I mean, just stunning work, mm. really. So I felt like with this book, especially the way, like, how fun it was, the art kind of fit It complements it. It complements I agree. I agree. Um, his, the one book I, of his that I really enjoyed was the Superman-Batman book um, that DC did in, like, I think it was, like, the mid-2000s, and it really had that kind of tone where, like, nothing was off you know, you know, the table, like anything could happen. Mm. Um, and it really, you know, his style really complemented that book. Um, so I, I, I definitely have been enjoying this pairing of, you know, McGinnis and Aaron together. So, um, I don't know, man. Where, so where do you think we're going with this book? Uh, I think we're seeing the end of this arc pretty soon. Soon, It yeah. seems like we're getting to the closing bits. I believe, I, so I'm guessing, because they didn't say, you know, to be concluded, so I'm mm-hmm. guessing we got at least a couple more issues yeah. here. I think there might, there's going to be some issues, especially with the Frost Giant powers that um, they get. Do you think, because they kind of talk about, Odin talks about how um, the BC Avengers end up getting decimated mm-hmm. by the Celestials. So do you think we get any more? with that do you think or do we think that story is done on this issue it kind of seemed like the celestials just decided to leave which which was weird Mm -hmm. i don't know where they were going with that Uh uh-huh so like they thought like they were defeated and everything mm. and you know then they just kind of left that's what kind of of how i read it um because it's just like showing like odin like amongst all these corpses you know the fallen bc avengers so um I don't know. I feel like that story's still to be told. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're going to kind of dive into, especially with the makeup of this team, which it seems like it's kind of like, you know, where their characters would be now, or they, mm-hmm. like they all seem, besides Phoenix, you know, you kind of got different versions of those characters on this roster, this current roster. So I feel like they're going to explore that more. You know? But I could be wrong. So, because you got Black Panther, you've got Doctor Strange. I can definitely see Rider. an arc after this exploring Phoenix. Yeah. Especially since they've kind of, um, even they, with the past version, they've got, like he's been very secretive and quiet about his relationship with her and mm. how, you know, just like don't mention her, don't talk about her. We've had lots of Phoenix talk too mm. in the other books recently with the Darkhawk. They, you know, they were talking about. Um, Nova's brother, yes, you know, basically the whole, you know, Raptor clan is all like built around stopping the mm. Phoenix Force. 
So, which was a whole new thing. And so we know the Phoenix like, Force is just out there. It's not attached to Gene anymore. So, um, which I think is kind of a cool concept. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, no, I like I said, I've, I've really enjoyed this book. And, you know, I enjoyed this team. I hope mm. this team stays with this book for a while. So I, I feel like recently with the Marvel books, like we've been juggling like artists left and right. So I'm really hoping, you know, McGinnis actually stays with this team, which is total, you know, 180 from where I was, you know, when we first yes. started this book. But he sold me. He really has. So um, next we have Infinity Countdown number five, the conclusion. Yes, the conclusion. Um, the countdown concludes. The battle for infinity among the stars comes to its dramatic conclusion, and all the stones are in place to bring the Infinity Wars to Earth. Can I say conclusion one more time, Dave? <laughs> conclusion. Conclusion. <laughs> Concludes our conclusion. Um, I thought this was a good setup for where we're going to be with uh, Infinity War. So, and that's happening now. Mm. I think the book Prime was just released today. So, as we speak. Oh, yes. As, as this is released. Yes. Oh, that's right. It's technically Tuesday night. Mm. So, but when you're listening to this episode, hopefully, it was just released mm. today. So, um... I don't know. I like the fact that we kind of explored other characters, you know, and see where everyone was at mm. who had stones. Um, you know, we haven't, it, it's been very much, this whole story has been focused on the Guardians. Um, and that hasn't been a bad thing. It's been actually eye-opening to, like, for me, like, hey, I really need to pick up this Guardians yes. book. Um, but yeah, I really like that we, you know, get like all those characters kind of interacting. you got Black Widow showing up uh, to um, Doctor Strange's house, you know, letting him know that she has a stone and then he reaches out and finds out that Turk has a stone also. Um, great interactions between the characters and really just kind of setting up, you know, where the story is going. Um, at the end, you have um, basically Strange calling everyone who has a stone to a giant meeting, um, you know, and we're not sure why what's you know happening or like maybe he's trying to you know plan like this is kind of how this is going to work we need to stay away from each other because he kind of alludes to that with black widow she wants to give him the stone but she he says no i can't i can't have these two stones together um you know because they do like they corrupt they tend to corrupt each mm -hmm. other and the stones tend to call to each other they want to be all together so on one hand, I feel like, you know, maybe he has, you know, everyone's best interest in mind. But on the other hand, like I start thinking, you know, after that conversation, then we move to the end of the book and he's calling this meeting. Yeah. It makes me think, well, maybe he's been corrupted. You know, maybe he is trying to. And if he's trying to bring them all together as well, where does, I mean, Gamora is going to show up immediately mm -hmm. and that's going to be another confrontation. That's right. We have a cool scene with Gamora, you know, basically leaving the team mm -hmm. um, because they're just not on board with, you know, what she wants to do. She's just on this quest to find the Soul Stone mm -hmm. just to recapture the rest of her, like half of her essence is in the Soul Stone. Um, you've got cool a cool scene with Hank Pym. He's part of the Soul Stone now and he's trying to get out. Um, you have this interesting scene where it, he feels like he, it looks like he's released, yes. <laughs> that he's gotten out. Um, and then you realize that he's just a madman, you know, swinging from a spider web, like literally about to be devoured by a giant, like spider-like creature. Um, so I don't, I don't know. And it, it, it of course, like at the end, it shows like a, a, a shot, a panel of like Thanos, like sitting on the throne, just smiling. Yeah. I think that's just more to get us. Like when you mentioned the corruption, that that's immediately starts to seem like 
mm-hmm. that's the way they want to go. Yeah, I, I think that's where the first issue, but I feel like Thanos is definitely going to be a major player. Yes. You know? Like, wherever those stones are, Thanos I mean, is involved. they're already going to all be brought together. Right? But, I yes, we know that. <laughs> um, what about the scene with Drax, where he um, touches the one stone yes. and he sees He's, the vision? Uh, he touches the soul stone and yes. he sees everything that's in there. And, and he's like, no, we need to keep this away from you. Mm-hmm. And we need, you know, he actually joins Adam Warlock and Kang, which I was interested because I thought he kind of parted ways with Kang. But he, um, he joins their mission to protect the stones and keep them away from each other. So I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. So it seems like right now, a lot of people are leaving the Guardians. I'm sure at the end of the story, they'll all be back together. But, you know, just some, you know, it's a different angle than I thought they would take this book. Mm-hmm. So we're, it's, it's interesting and refreshing because I feel like for a while, whenever the Marvel Universe started, you know, bringing back the Infinity Stones, you know, it always centered around like Thanos and, you know, his quest to get all the stones. I'm mm. glad that, you know, you've got all these other characters involved and you've kind of got a mystery and everything because you have the other character who they keep on showing in the shadows. And I can't think oh. of her name right now. She's masked and supposedly it's supposed to be another character, a pre existing character in the Marvel Universe, trying to also. Like the one at the gather. beginning of each book. Yes. That's like with the goblin. Yeah, her name <laughs> is totally. God. Um, yeah, I think that's supposed to be Pip the Troll, I believe. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, I don't know her name, but it's supposed to be like, you know, I feel like she's going to be the one who ends up with the stones. Um, so we'll see. We'll see who she is. And I have no clue. You know, I, I believe they say it's a, a female character, though. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I I like the mystery. I like the mystery. So I, yes, I do. I, I've enjoyed what they've done. I think this was like the best, like intro to a bigger arc Mm -hmm. that we've gotten in a little while for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm still not super excited about the book in general. Okay. I don't know. Um, I got way more from Darkhawk than I did from. Infinity Countdown. Darkhawk just felt like it was very loosely attached Mm -hmm. to the whole story. Like, it just felt like an excuse to tell, like, a Darkhawk story, which I was fine with. I love the Darkhawk, like, tie-in. But it was very, like, the word tie-in should be used very loosely. Um, I definitely enjoyed everything about Guardians, and this definitely made me want to pick up wherever Guardians is at. Yeah. It's, for me, it's just what a, like, good, like, primer book, like a precursor Mm. book, you know? as a setup should be about, you know, um, it gave us like a decent story to follow and read with some decent tie-ins and got me more excited for like infinity war, you know, story. Mm. Cause I think if you told me, you know, six months ago, Oh, we're doing an infinity war book. Be like, Oh, of course it's just a cash grab because of the infinity mm. war movie. You know, of course you're going to do that. I've seen like, you know, at least four of these already, you know, Marvel, you know, did like a string of like back to back Infinity War like books. Um, So I was like, what new do you have to offer me? And this is definitely something new and different, you know. So, yeah, I think that's why I'm so excited for it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's that's where we are (laughs) for Infinity Countdown. Yeah, for Infinity Countdown. Um, The countdown's over. Yes. (laughs) We have another uh, extinction level event coming up soon, so we had to keep up with X Men. Yes, even though they didn't really talk about. We didn't talk about we it didn't this get, time. We didn't get the teaser. No, but I like your segue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So yes, we have X Men Red number yes. six um, from deep beneath the ocean. Jean Grey's X Men watch as waves of anti mutant hatred wash over the world. Can the X Men quell the tide, or will or will they be swept away in its wake? So not much happened in this book. This is definitely like kind of a transition like issue for me. Um, a lot of people sitting around talking, but I enjoyed like them like kind of like I don't know like focusing on Gentle and kind of getting his backstory because mm-hmm. I didn't really know much about the character. Um, I like that they kind of figured out that you know everything like with the pain like he feels when he transforms it's all like psychosomatic you know it's not really yes you know it's from like past trauma and everything um which his family was terrible too yes oh my god (laughs) i was like is this uh like so basically he's in wakanda but i guess he's kind of an outsider and i don't know if he like originally was born somewhere else or if he's just an outsider because of his mutation um, but yeah, his like his like his mom is horrible to him. Mm-hmm. It sounds like his father's a monster, <laughs> so he's dealt with a lot of shit, you know. And I'm like, it, part, part of me is like, is this like how all kind of felt about mutants at the time, or is this just his family? I wouldn't um, be surprised though, because the way that they act is very like, if you are not part of Wakanda, you are not part of. Wakanda. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I would just hope that you know mm-hmm. the black fan, like that Black Panther, you know, universe would be a little more accepting. Um, but who knows? These might be like the rednecks of like Wakanda or something. <laughs> <laughs> the trailer park trash. It could have been a different rule at the time. You never. Know. I, I don't know. They're always T'Challa though. Like that's that you know because it could. Well, have been I'm that. saying for like because T'Challa and Gentle are around the same age. No, like his... Gentle's younger than T'Challa. Really? Oh yeah, he's a young mutant. Yeah, hmm. he's younger. So I could see why you would think that. But yeah, no, he's a younger mutant. So. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I enjoyed this book though. I mean, Tom Taylor is a great writer. Um, from what I've seen so far from him, I loved the interaction. We got an interaction between uh, Jean and Cassandra um, at the end, so I thought that was really cool, and I thought it really set the mm. stage for what's coming next. Well, she's been very she was very menacing at the beginning of the book as well. Yes, yes. We opened with the scene um, from basically Grant Morrison's book with um the the two twins mm. in the womb and charles like sensing the evil in her and trying to snuff her out you literally have him trying to strangle her mm. with the umbilical cord <laughs> so um very grant morrison so i i thought it was cool that they actually like showed you that mm. scene though um but yeah I, I i thought this was a good setup to everything that's going to happen but like it was a lot of you know people standing around mm. and talking you know on this this issue at least so um you know the book is monthly mm. so i think for me whenever there's like a you have to wait a month for a book it is a little disappointing when you get an yes. issue like this um and you know if you collected this in a trade you wouldn't even notice it though so it is what it is I, what were your thoughts on the book I mean, for, like, a monthly title, I'm barely remembering what's happening in the previous mm-hmm. one. This was just, like, I, it was almost like a struggle to read through this. Do you think it's points. just our attention span now? Because we get, like, so much entertainment so quickly? Because, I, I mean, the well, books have traditionally been monthly. But I could so. say the same thing about uh, Mr. Miracle or uh, Justice League. Because mm-hmm. those are all monthly titles. No, Justice League's not monthly. I mean, sorry. Justice League's uh, like 
Mr. Miracle is, though. Doomsday definitely. Clock, sorry. Doomsday Clock is bi-monthly. Bi-monthly. But and I'm still, like, I get into that book and I enjoy it from start to finish. See, Doomsday Clock, but I have to go back and reread, like, what's I'm not there. going back, but I, and I'm forgetting little elements, <laughs> but it's still an enjoyable yeah. time. So this just didn't do it for you at all? No, this almost made me consider stop dropping the book. Wow. Okay. okay. That's just as I was reading it. I was just like, yeah. Yeah, see, I don't know. I don't know. I... I like where the team is going. I mm. thought it was a good set, set up, but I, I don't blame I mean, I like how the story has been overall, so I'm definitely going to continue to hold mm. on. Uh, we'll see what Abomination, you know, brings to the yes, table. Yes, that was the big, and it just out of nowhere. Mm. Like, I, I was really surprised to see that character introduced into this world. So it feels very random, um, but it makes sense, you know, since they're under the sea, you know? Mm. Um, you know, and that's a creature that will cause serious, like, havoc. So, um, you know, so kind I feel like Namor back into the place since he hasn't done any crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically kind of gave him like a headquarters to hang out in. Mm. Um, so, you know, it'll be, it'll be, you're guaranteed next issue will be action packed at least. Yes. So, um, but yeah. All right. So that was X-Men Red. Yes. We're going to flip over to DC now. All right. Justice League number four. What is hidden in the darkest depths of the ocean and the farthest reaches of space doesn't even compare to the insidious secrets buried in the past of Flash, Green Lantern, and Martian Manhunter. While the rest of the League battles to save their friends before all reality unravels, the citizens of Earth make a startling decision to join the Legion of Doom. I don't know if I've said this in a previous episode yet. Mm -hmm. I hate the idea of the Still Force. Oh, Okay. Just having this like, it's okay that there's a negative force to the speed force. Yeah. But God, why? Why is still? It just feels very boring. Right? Yeah. Like still. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's something new that they introduced. I don't remember it from like the way that Flash's they like, explained it in this is like, oh, he had a villain that just came off crazy. The that turtle was never. Yeah. Yeah, Never where it wasn't actually, a real thing. Yeah, it turns out to be a real thing that charges up the ultra, the invisible spectrum. And now that being said, I really enjoyed this. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Before we shit all over the still force, yes, I really enjoyed this book. Um, this is what I want Snyder's run to be like. This felt very much more like the Avengers book. Crazy shits happening left and right. It's action packed. But you don't have all the exposition that you were getting in all of his other books, mm. you know, with metal and um, no justice, and yes. you know, even the first issue of Justice League where it was like just panels of lines. See, I was okay with that because I felt like it was dialogue, you know, where like it was just banter between them. Um, I'm fine with there being words in the book. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I, when I got characters explaining to me for like three pages why they're mm. doing something and it's just obviously just exposition for exposition's yes. sake you know i mean if it's something cool let it happen and then explain it to me later i'm okay with that you know um it, as long as it makes sense in the story and it's logical it's fine you know and i felt like this was a fun book like you know everything that was happening as hokey as it sounds with you know lex being inside of superman that sounds dirty but like um <laughs> you know uh and then like the joke the, the scene with the joker and hawk girl i thought was fantastic mm -hmm. where he's got the chainsaw and you know she thinks he's trying to cut off her wings and you know he's trying to cut off her fucking head you know i thought that was great 
Um, you know, and then everything with Jon Stewart and, you know, just him and, you know, being stripped of, you know, him being a Green Lantern. That's mm-hmm. huge. And then, you know, getting basically infected by the ultraviolet, you know, yeah. um, force now that it seems like Sinestro is like in full control of. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a really cool angle. Um, and it's and story like calling beat. out to all people as well. And... Yes. And I guess that kind of ties into what No Justice was doing when they talked about, they had the different like, you know, trees. That makes sense. And yeah. they talked about like how the one, I can't remember the name of the tree. There's but, one tree that was like showing that all like earth is being turned dark. Darker. Yes. So, and I feel like because it was Luthor, he had to unleash that, mm-hmm. you know, to charge it. So that explains, like, why Luthor's the way he is, because he's just a fucking maniac now. Yes. And then all of Earth basically gets corrupted by the ultraviolet, you know, uh, force or whatever they're calling it. That was a great moment, though, with uh, Martian Manhunter. Like, I think I've, you know, I'm the reason that all this is happening. Yes, he comes out basically to Superman mm-hmm. and lets him know everything that's happened and the visions that he's had, because that's been a big thing that, you know, mm-hmm. we've been talking about, like, you know, when does he he's hiding the secret you know when is he going to let the justice league know um and the fact that he does he lets you know clark know and then clark goes no you're right it is all your fault and you realize you know (laughs) when he smiles it's luthor you know controlling him so i i thought that was fantastic that was a really cool moment but yeah i really i enjoyed this book i really did so because last issue i was kind of like uh you're kind of towing the line Mm. you know i was getting a little concerned but I don't know. This really sold me. Right. Out it connected all these storylines in a very, I thought, a very well done way. It was so. well paced mm-hmm. too. You know, it was back and forth between all like the different oh, stories. I loved Grodd in this book as well. I thought yes. his, his like um, banter back and forth with uh, Flash and well, how he was affecting um, Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Mm-hmm. I thought that was all very well. Yes, and the um, intro to the character. It seems yes. like every book is kind of opening up with like an intro to a different member of the Legion of Doom. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of seeing a little like hint of their origin and their backstory. I thought that was awesome to see like, you know, how he's kind of ostracized by his family and, you know, how he was hiding these powers that he had and kind of honing them and, you know, testing them out on some human who was like adventurer who was like randomly roaming wherever they are. Um, I thought that was really cool. Um, So, yeah, no, just I mean, this is the Snyder that I've wanted for the last, (laughs) you know, six, seven months. So we've seen hints of it, but. You know, I mean, hopefully he's not fooling us here and that we get more of this. So, yeah. Hopefully it doesn't twist. Yeah. (laughs) Because we've seen what happens then. Yes. Alfred on the drums. So. (laughs) Justice League chimpanzees. (laughs) That's all I have to say. Well, hello everyone. I am Billy Dees from the self-titled Billy Dees Podcast. You can find me on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and many more of the best podcast networks. Join me for my commentary and interviews. Follow me on Twitter, really easy to find, at Billy D's. I am Billy D's. I'd love to have you listen in. All right, that's going to do it uh, for the world of comments. Yes. Uh, we are going to go ahead and move on to the world of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Let's do a little raw recap, huh? Yay! It should take about 30 seconds. <laughs> Roman, of course, beat Bobby Lashley. I, I think everyone saw that coming. I um, didn't. I thought, you know, draw, you know, we'll draw this out. That's cute. 
Roman's the golden child, man. It's it's his title. So, I mean, I don't know how long he'll hold it for. Is Bobby Lashley leaving? What is he going to be doing at SummerSlam? They'll find something for him to do. Nothing that I'm going to care about, though. I didn't really care about him being in the main event, but I, I, I'd i much rather have him there than Roman. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe him being part of that match would make it a little more digestible, but yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, but that's wrestling, dude. Or at least that's the WWE. Yes. Um, but yeah, so Roman, went, the match wasn't bad that they had once again. It wasn't a bad match. No one's saying these guys are bad wrestlers. They're just booked poorly. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, we had that happen. Um, and then is there anything? Oh, Kevin Owens is going to challenge Braun, um, at SummerSlam and it's going to, um, actually, I believe the money in the bank is on the line. The briefcase is on the line and no matter how Braun loses, if he loses by DQ, count out, any way he loses, Kevin will actually, uh, capture the money in the bank. Mm -hmm. So, and Kevin is the one who made the challenge. He actually came out and he cut a really good promo. Um, you know, basically just unhinged. Um, you know, and he's, he's magic on the mic. We know that. Um, but yeah, it was a really, it was a different, you know, side of Kevin that we haven't seen in a while. So I thought that was refreshing. I don't know if it's enough to save this program. (laughs) And I don't know if it's enough for me to like i don't know if it was enough for me to like make me want to watch this for the next three weeks i don't know how much longer we have till SummerSlam, but um it was a good like promo on his part um braun once again feels like the heel yeah you know (laughs) for this entire angle so i don't quite get it but whatever um moving on sasha and bailey are best friends again um and they're ready to take on the world so they were just, great payoff guys they're literally you know, like hugging each other in the back you know finishing each other's sentences you know they had a tag match against some jobbers if anything it makes bailey just look stupid yeah yeah or us stupid for watching this shit oh, yeah. <laughs> so i don't know i feel like this isn't gonna last long i feel like they have to have these guys actually wrestle each other mm. The all the only other angle I could think of, and that will tie into our next story, is the all women pay per view that they announced. You know, historic pay per view. Um, it's going to be called Evolution, which is interesting. I don't know why they chose. I, I get why they chose the name, but the fact that it's you know, I don't know, a, it a still big makes me faction. Think of Rick yes, exactly. Triple H. This is a weird choice, but whatever. <sighs> Um, they're just running out of names, I guess. That'd be great if that was, that was the theme, though, for the pay-per-view. The Motorhead song? Yes. Yes. <laughs> great and weird. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, you've got, um, you know, this big announcement to start off the show. Um, obviously all the women knew that they're making the announcement. I hate when they mm-hmm. put them in the spot and make them have to act surprised, but whatever. It's still a cool moment. It's a great idea. Um... It's a long time coming. For me, though, what would make it even a bigger moment is they introduce some secondary titles. Yes. Because then I feel like that evolution will carry over to all the shows then. You know, because my fear is they'll focus on the women for a couple months, you know, give them more time. And then once the pay-per-view's over, you know, they'll be back in like, you know, six-man tags and, you know, just Mm. kind of throwing them out there to throw them out there because you don't have 
those other titles to like give them angles based on exactly you know so i mean i just hope that they do like you know a, a women's version of like the u.s title or even do like a tv title or something like that um to kind of you know something to introduce at the pay-per-view even you know have a tournament or something um to you know give them more camera time in general because i feel like right now the way that they've been booked it just it feels like um, more of the old, you yes. know, um, just kind of the same old thing where, you know, it's it really just the like... title, you know, is all that matters. So the mm-hmm. people who are, you know, involved with the title, get all the camera time, and then they have all these, like, mini tiny feuds going on that, you know, are just there as filler. For a while, we were seeing more. It felt like we were getting, like, at least three segments a show, and now they've gone back down to I feel like we're getting, one and a half. We're getting segments but they're not quality segments mm. and they're just there to be there like there's not enough like there's not enough for them to be fighting for and if you introduce like an ic belt or a u.s title for them it just i don't know it heightens feuds it, it, it gives mm. you more things to work with angle wise you know storytelling wise um i and i feel like it's well deserved just to have the two titles on two separate shows mm. it's just not enough if you're really serious about this women uh, women's evolution, give them the give them the titles, man. Um, it's I know the tag team titles is going to be difficult because you got the two separate shows, so I, I and I don't know if they have a big enough roster to pull that off. But you could definitely do like you know, like I said, like a TV well, title or something else. If you do a TV title, do you do two TV titles or do you do one? You could do a TV title on SmackDown and do a US title on you know Raw. You know, you could do that. You know, they have enough for secondary titles mm. to have people feuding over another belt. There's enough women there to do that. Um, it's just that having multiple tag teams might be difficult. So, but I mean, they also have a giant crop of like, you know, women wrestlers coming up in NXT too. Mm. So, and they also have a bunch of women who they have signed to like smaller contracts for the May Young Classic. So, they could, you know, put together tag teams potentially if they wanted to go that route. And the way that Bailey and Sasha were kind of talking about like they're gonna take over the world made me feel like maybe they're kind of foreshadowing something there. Um, but I don't know. That might be wishful thinking on my part too. <laughs> so But yeah, so that was pretty much the big news that came out mm-hmm. of, you know, Raw. I mean, like I said, Roman obviously, for me at least, was predictable. Um, but yeah. Um, and then SmackDown, we got our number one contender for the uh, World Heavyweight title. Yeah. So, and that is Samoa Joe, which I think was kind of rumored earlier this past week. Yeah, and it um, seemed like the obvious choice. It yeah. did. It did. Um, it just makes sense storyline-wise. I was a little nervous, though, because he was kind of in this like mini feud with... Um, James Ellsworth. Or, no, not James Ellsworth. Oh, sorry. Jesus We're talking about Christ. Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe, yeah. Samoa Joe was in that feud with uh, Ty Dillinger. Yes. We're kind of worried, you know. Yes, that maybe that would be. <laughs> yeah, maybe that would be the, you know, reason for him not to be. Like, I almost expected Ty to show up when he was facing off of with uh, R-Truth tonight. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. And, oh, my God, we actually had an R-Truth sighting. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> in the ring, not just backstage. He did his full rap. To the ring. Yeah, of course, man. He only gets to do it like once a year now. So (laughs) (laughs) he's got to sell those CDs. You know, he's still got out there. Um, So, but yeah, no, I'm glad that they're finally putting the spotlight on Joe again. Mm. So it's a long time coming. I'm expecting an awesome feud between these two. 
I mean, right off the bat, you had him choking out AJ in the middle of the ring during the contract signing. I thought that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes him look like a legitimate threat. So if anyone is going to take that title from AJ, it's going to be Joe. So hopefully, you know, they see Joe the same way we do, you know, as a legitimate, like, champion. Yes. So, um, but yeah, and I, I mean, we saw with Nakamura, though, anything's possible. Mm-hmm. You know, they could fucking ruin that if they want to. So, um, but hopefully that's not the case. And, you know, let, let those guys just wrestle and beat the shit out of each other. Because God knows they had fucking legendary matches in TNA. Mm. Um, you know, so this they, these guys know each other very well. So they can work magic out there if they let them and they give them the time. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, well, speaking of magic, we also had uh, James Ellsworth being fired tonight. That's right. Do you think it lasts? Um, no, he'll show up. He came out, talked shit to Paige during the contract signing. Kind of was the red herring at first. Um, you know, I mean, although obviously everyone knew it wasn't James Ellsworth, the number one contender. But uh, Paige fired him on site. Um, he wasn't able to be there for Carmella during her match against Becky Lynch. Yes. And Becky Lynch ended up winning the match. And she is now the number one contender for the title at SummerSlam. Yes. So. Which I think we kind of saw coming a mile away, mm-hmm. just the way they've been booking her. But I'm happy. I'm glad. Um, I feel like, you know, like Joe, she's not getting her just due. And I'm glad that the spotlight's going to be on her now. So she's a great worker. She's got a great personality. I don't, you know, I think she's probably one of the best um, females they have on the mic, at least on the mm-hmm. SmackDown brand. So I feel like they need to utilize her more. Yeah. Um, but now that we mentioned and get it, that fucking belt off Carmella, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but now that we mentioned it, he could easily show up at SummerSlam. And yeah, still cause a distraction. I mean, it's some kind of disguise and have Becky just like look at him for like two minutes, way too long. <laughs> well, that's until Carmella gets the cue. signal. Yeah, <laughs> the cue to you know attack her from behind. Oh God! God. And watching this live, so many people just like took way too long to get onto their spots. Yeah, just in yeah. general. Are you thinking of the Daniel Bryan and uh, Miz? That plus um, Carmelo was supposed to talk to Paige, and that you see Paige just literally trying to like, yeah, oh, something's wrong. <laughs> She's just frustrated, <laughs> waiting. She's like, uh, live is a whole different ball game. Yeah, you know. So, but yeah, I see, I see Ronda becoming champion at. Uh, SummerSlam. Okay. So I could easily see them just being like, Carmella wins. Just throw it in your face. Just because you get the title change mm. on Raw. I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like everyone's pretty down right now on her ring performance. Mm. And I, you know, I feel like she has to at least be like, I don't know, decent in the ring to hold that belt if she can't put on decent matches with Charlotte and Asuka then something's wrong mm. she's just not ready for it um, I feel like her mic people have been kind of shitting on her mic work uh, this week that she's kind of going into business for herself um, you know I disagree I think she's actually been pretty good on the mic um, she's just that obnoxious heel mm. it's just the bell has to ring and that's the issue <laughs> you know she just can't bring it in the ring right now so I hope, you know, that Becky ends up with that title. So, and then we can move on and finally get that Charlotte heel turn and a, a really good feud between those two. Mm. So, um, you could have really good matches, you know, just epic matches between those two. Uh, I feel like we haven't seen them, you know, against each other at full potential. I feel like they never get like a, a full feud. So I'd really like to see them work a huge program. So, but yeah. Um, but 
speaking, we kind of mentioned Ms. and Daniel Bryan. Yes. Um, we've got more seeds planted, you know, for mm-hmm. their angle. Ms. was doing a whole, like, you know, party or celebration yeah, for... his premiere of Ms. and Mrs. Yes, and then T's bringing the baby out and everything, which I think I called right away, wasn't a real baby, <laughs> even though showed it backstage. And, of course, Daniel Bryan comes out. I'm like, what is he... I mean, even if it was real, like, is he going to really attack the guy with this baby attached to him? But whatever. So he comes out, talks shit. He fucked with the the uh, promo that yeah. they were going to show and just made Miz look like an asshole, you know, before his big premiere. And then uh, Miz, which is a great heel move, throws his baby at Daniel Bryan <laughs> and then kicks him in the head. Mm. So obviously it was a doll the entire time, but I thought it was a nice little spot. So it just took a little too yeah. long to happen, but yeah, it was, it was a good spot. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much SmackDown. Not much else happened, really. Not too much. So, all right, it's time for the G one. It is time for the G one. Screw everything you just heard. <laughs> yes, let's talk about some awesome fucking wrestling. Uh, we'll be covering day four through day seven. Yeah. <laughs> My God. We're only gonna be talking about like main highlights. We're not. Uh, yeah, just we'll preface. we'll go through results and we'll just talk about the highlights that mm. we well what we thought were the yes. highlights of the night. So. Uh, let's start off with night four, the yes. B-Block. Uh, we had Sonata defeating Tamatonga. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Toro Yano. And then we had Kota Ibushi defeating Juice Robinson. Uh, Naito going up against Ishii and winning. And then Omega going up against Goto. That's right, that's right. Um, so, the once again, Tama whatever is go- like the whole firing squad gimmick yes. going on right now i just love everything about it I, you'll hear me say this over and over again mm-hmm. during this podcast i just love how there's unbashful like heels right now and they don't seem to really care about the standings of the g1 mm-hmm. they're just being heels and just attacking everyone trying to cheat any possible moment that they can um just i mean just and you'll hear like every match there's just antics happening with these guys they are true exactly they're they're what a heel faction is Mm. supposed to be now it seems like they don't give a fuck at all like they're not really so much into winning but like just causing chaos Mm. you know no pun intended um you know throughout the bracket so um you know that's interesting i'm kind of i'm curious to see why they're choosing to do that you know um, because a lot of the stuff is getting them disqualified yeah. <laughs> rather quickly, but not this match. Um, this was a very well done match. Sonata, man, that guy is the real deal. He's legit. I, I've enjoyed everything that he's mm-hmm. done. And, you know, all of his matches in the and he, he doesn't get talked enough about. No, no. You know, um, I saw, God, who did he wrestle against? I saw one, I think it was Okada. He had a really great match uh, earlier this year with. Um, but I was really, really impressed with him. And throughout, I mean, um, the next few nights, he he really put on a show with Tama. But this was, once again, you just had all the hijinks going on in the ring and everything. Um, I just thought this was really well done. Um, next, Yano and Saber. Um, Yano testing out other people's styles, mm. matching Saber, you know, move for move, making Yano look like a legit, like, threat in the ring. Um, you know, which from what I've been exposed to with Yano, it's been a lot of comedy. I know he can go. He wouldn't be there if he couldn't go. 
but um, you know, just it, this was great chain wrestling that was happening on. Just things that don't, I don't expect. don't expect that from the king of um, low blows over here. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, he ends up losing the match, though, when he starts to kind of go back to what brought him to the dance here. So um, you've got a nice little story being told with Yano, it seems like. You know, where he's, you know, with Ishii, he's trying out kind of his style. Now, Saber, he's matching him with his style. So, um, you know, it, it was and knowing what happens next. It, it's a pretty cool storyline <laughs> that they've got going with Yano. Yeah. That's what's it's just the whole like tournament's so well booked mm-hmm. that they really like put thought into these matches and like have a running like storyline, which each one of these characters, like if you're not a New Japan fan or if you're interested in getting into New Japan, the G1 is where you really should start off because you really get a great introduction to all these characters. Um, And their styles as well. Yes, exactly. And the fact that now you have English commentary, Mm -hmm. I mean, it just brings so much to the table because they are telling a great story and really introducing, you know, the fans to these characters. I feel like they've been given that note, like let these people, let the fans know who these characters are because I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of new eyes on the product this year. So, I mean, with this night alone, I mean, you you get to see Ibushi's wild style going up against um, Juice Robinson. Yes, yes. And uh, this was a great match. Um, very, like, typical face versus face. Um, a great back and forth between the two. Coda's fucking moonsault off the post. Yeah. I can't even... I Like, I can't... Like, for me to even stand on that post would be a feat. But for him to be able to, like, do this, like textbook moonsault off the post the amount of balance i mean is like fucking cat like he is nuts i don't know if you've seen a lot of his uh ddt pro stuff mm-hmm. but he, not have it he will do that moonsault off of anything no it was impressive it He's was nuts it was i mean such good form and everything mm-hmm. i mean the guy is just i mean amazing really he reminds me too just like i don't know something about like his build and like the way he moves in the ring, he reminds me of Steamboat a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, just so fluid, you know, the way he moves. Um, but yeah, no, it, just a fantastic, fun match. Juice loses again. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, he's kind of getting down on the bracket. It's kind of weird to see someone who just won, you know, a championship to kind of be on the losing end of things. What's even weirder, I think, was his comments after the match where he's explaining, you know, um, I think I think it's after his match with Omega is mm-hmm. when he, he starts to comment, you know, these guys are on a different level than me, but I'm trying my hardest to be, you know, really? within this. Like, I understand that these guys are <coughs> at, like, A game, 100% are the best wrestlers in the world, but I'm trying to, like, I'm working my ass off. I have to get lucky to win matches like It's kind of refreshing, though. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, to, like, you know, hey, you know, I, this is where I want to be. You know, I'm learning and I'm getting better and pony my craft because you don't hear that much, you know, in wrestling. So, I mean, everyone's saying that they're the best. So that's kind of different. I I actually enjoy that. So, um, but yeah, uh, you know, just, I mean, great chemistry between these two guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, just once again, I cannot put over uh, Koto's agility anymore, though, because he just even when there's a little hiccup in the ring, he just makes it look like it was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's amazing. It really is. So, and I mean, not to, like, I mean, Juice, obviously, takes two to tangle, and Juice, I mean, had a great showing also. But they're also working that angle with his hand a lot, you know? And I, I don't know, if, I'm guessing the hand thing's legit, I'm not sure, 
But I mean, they're kind of using that as like, you know, mm. he's having to power through that injury. Um, that it's really like kind of hampering him right now. So, but yeah, no, great, great match. Did you have any thoughts on um, Naito versus Ishii? No, I thought it was a great match. I mean, mm. holy shit, the fucking chest chops. I mean, it was fucking hard hitting. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, that's Ishii for you. Right? Yes, yes. But Naito was dishing it too. He was dishing it too. But yeah, besides that, I thought it was a good match. Nothing like spectacular though. Um, I definitely think I enjoyed the Coda uh, and Juice match more. Yes. Um, not to say that it was a bad match or anything, but yeah, that definitely. That, I think that match, you know, definitely was my favorite match of the card. Um, even with Omega and uh, Goto. I don't know, man. I thought Omega and Goto went way further than I expected. Really? I mean, Goto's... Mm. Goto has showed me why he's where he's at. You know, why he's always featured on the card. Because mm. I've never like necessarily gotten Goto. Um, he just always looks like someone's dad who's had a really bad day out there. <laughs> You know, well, I just, just someone's him. badass father. I just so know I, him as like the never open weight champion. Yes, that's it always feels like that's studio. just you know his division. He just beats the shit out of people and takes a beating, mm-hmm. and that's it. But yeah, this was a, I mean, it was a great match. It really was. But I don't know. I just enjoyed you know just the whole dynamic between Juice and Coda. Mm-hmm. You know, and those guys working. You know, they just had really good chemistry for me, and that's not taking anything away <laughs> from Omega and Coda. So, um, but yeah, I like that Omega was kind of teasing that he wants Goto's belt. Mm. Um, the fact that, you know, they're talking about that if he won that belt, that he would end up being like a Grand Slam champion in New Japan. So I feel like that's their lane seeds, you know, um, for that eventually or, or potentially happening or being I'm a match. Down, like, I think so too. It might just be on an off show, you know, mm. um, and I don't know if he wins, you know, so we'll see. So, um, but yeah, I thought it was an intense, like, back and forth between the two. Um, I like the use of the chair. Um, and then I like, yeah, because I, I haven't seen Goto, like, I know, like, he's supposed to kind of toe the line between, like, heel and face, but the fact that he, like, threw that chair at Kenny, um, you know, kind of took me by surprise. Mm. Um, and I like that they kind of, like, fought through the bleachers. Yeah, that's, that's that spot was just ridiculous. I feel like it's not something you always see in New mm. Japan. You know, that's much more of like a Western thing. But then Kenny hitting that fucking moonsault in the bleachers. I mean, so many things could go wrong. Mm. Uh, so I, I, it was definitely an entertaining match. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> yeah, um, I enjoyed it. So, but yeah, Omega, you know, of course for the win. So I'm not surprised. All right. And then we had night six. We went back over to the B block. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. No, I'm you're skipping. Don't forget skipping night, night five. Night five, we went back to the A block. Uh, we had Jay White defeating Michael Elgin. We had Suzuki going up against um, Yoshihashi and defeating him. We had Evil defeating uh, Makabe. Uh, we had Tanahashi defeating Bad Luck Fale. And then we had Okada going up against Hangman Page and defeating him. So um, we started off with White. Still just being the super heel that he yes. is. Um, solid match with Elgin. Um, I'm loving just all the heel work that he's doing right now. He's just clicking for me right now. I, I've really enjoyed the character. Like, I kind of wish I could change my picks at this point. <laughs> with how well he's been and how like his performance throughout all of this. There's a big spotlight on him right yes. now. You can tell. You know, It feels like it, it, 
he doesn't win this, he's definitely going to have a huge match at. I think um, right now, I feel like he is at the top of A block for me. Now, I'm not even talking about just score wise. I'm uh-huh. saying by the end, I'm saying it's him versus. He's going to be the finals. Block, yes. You feel like okay? All right, I could definitely see that. I'm not disagreeing at all. Um, but yeah, this was that. This was a solid match. Um, just great heel work by White. Um, but then yeah, we've got uh, Fale versus uh, Tanahashi, and you have just heels being heels once again. Mm. Fire Squad <laughs> up to no good. Red Shoes stands up for himself, and DQs Fale. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it did not end well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I once again, I just love that they mm. don't give a fuck at all <laughs> they just don't so um you know i don't know what their strategy is but you know it's still awesome to watch and fun so uh okada and hangman was another standout for yes me. okada picking up a win finally good finally um i saw some like uh like uh backstage comments you know they do the the press conference mm. afterwards and he was saying that you know uh, I've heard a lot of fans talking that they think I've gone crazy, that I've had a breakdown, you know, but, you know, I'm not going to listen. I'm going to still be smiling and, you know, getting through this. So he's kind of addressing, like, everyone. He said, I'm still carrying those balloons or something like that, which we've been talking about. Like, what the hell's with the balloons and the, the hair? It still the... doesn't convince me that he hasn't had a breakdown. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I, it's refreshing for the character, mm-hmm. I guess. It's something different. Which kind of feels like, you know, this is Okada without the title. Or after, like, or after he's lost everything, what, who do you is- feel like? Too, it's like almost like a relief, you know, not having that pressure on him. Too, like he's able to like Maybe. breathe again. I, I'm thinking of it more as in he's, he's had kind of lost his way uh-huh. without the title, you know. And they did work that with Hangman. You know, this was a great match between the mm-hmm. two. They're really putting Hangman in a great light. I mean. I mean, I don't think he's going to, you know, do great in the G1 this year, but I feel like it's really setting mm. up for a big showing next year. Um, you know, I, I really feel like they've got, like... No, we're really seeing him become better and better, and this was a perfect yes. example. Yes, I like, though, how Hangman was saying, I want the real Okada, you know, and, like, talking shit to him in mm. the ring and, like, slapping him in the face and saying, no, I want you at your best. I don't want this balloon-carrying, you know, crazy person coming <laughs> who's just smiling like very it reminds me of finn like smiling for no fucking reason um but yeah um this was a great match and yeah okada finally gets a win here um great mat work between the two too i mean i I haven't seen tons of like i've seen some really great high spots from page but i mean his mat work here impressed me a lot so, um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed, you know, the performance of Paige and Okada in this match. I mean, I know Okada is obviously, you know, the top, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Mm. But like, like we said, I feel like the potential and Hangman and the fact that New Japan is putting him in these like, you know, spots and putting him up against these wrestlers, I mean, really tells you that they have got big things in store for him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but yeah, so that's oh, and then oh, so now we're on to night six B block again. Uh, Yano defeating Ibushi, um, Sonata defeating Zack Sabre Jr., and then Naito defeating Juice Robinson, Omega defeating Tamatanga, um, and I have Ishii here defeating Goto. Well, my highlights was Yano finally going Yano and just you know mm. using what brought him to the dance and you know. 
you know, pulling his, you know, hijinks and, you know, taping up Coda's fucking wrists. So then Coda's basically, you know, working the match without any hands. And then Yano picking up the win. Although I was a little concerned for him that he was going to end up losing <laughs> to an armless man. Mm. Um, but it was still entertaining. Um, great comedy and everything. And it kind of seems like Yano's getting back to, you know, being himself once again. So not that I didn't enjoy him, like, trying out all these different styles. But it was a really nice, like, storyline that yes. they had going on with the character. Um, I don't know. What else stands out to you? Uh, I mean, for me, of course, it's the meat and potatoes. You know, it's Omega versus Taga. Yes. First of all, why the hell wouldn't Kenny come out with yes Bullet Club members? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tama comes out with, you know, his entourage yes. and, you know, Omega's literally in the middle of the ring doing his whole little intro spiel and he gets jumped right of off course. the bat before the bell rings. They're just beating the shit out of him finally legally come out and you know make the save um you know well not all of the lead i guess it's yeah i mean it's i think it's easier to identify this the, as the, the elite, elite versus, yes um, to separate the yes. og bc they're kind of calling them they haven't they i have i feel like they're not using the fire squad like I'm just name. Call fire squad. Yeah, i feel like it's easier yeah. than you know bc og or whatever they're calling themselves but oh i like that um aj styles actually chose a side uh, yes, that at, that's, that should have been with our Comic-Con news. Mm -hmm. uh, during one of the WWE panels, someone asked him, you know, what side he was on, you know, the Elite or the Firing Squad, and he said he was a Firing Squad kind of guy. So I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. And they actually mentioned it during the match. Tama goes for the Styles Clash yes. at one point. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, but yeah, so this is just a melee. This is just, you know... Them beating the shit out of each other. You had both, you know, Kenny's Bullet Club and you had, you know, the Fine Squad out there. Just, you know, a huge match between them. And the, the commentators kind of um, brought light to the fact that in their minds, for Tama, this is his G1. You know, him taking on Kenny and everything. Mm -hmm. So, like, this was a big match for him. Um, and they... It's not much of a match. No. It's just kind of back and forth and just a fight, really. I mean, it's a lot of cool spots. And, yes. But... Yes. Uh, but it's more of a just a, a street fight between mm -hmm. the two. Um, once everything kind of, you know, dies down between the two factions, they get both sent back um, at one point, um, even though they do end up coming back, you know, into play. <laughs> um, <laughs> they just can't get the, the, the firing squad under control, it seems like. Um, but with yeah. This, with this performance... Do you still are you still interested in seeing Tonga go up against Omega for the title potentially? I hope so. I hope that this isn't like the end of the storyline. Well, no, no. But I'm saying, like, do you think that these two can have a really, really good match together? I feel like if they do, I, I've seen enough from Tama that I feel like he could put on a good match. I know Kenny could put on a mm -hmm. match with anyone, so I think they could put a solid match, and I think it would be a great like payoff for the storyline. Um, I just know that there's still a lot of fans out there that aren't sure. If um, Tanya can go at the level that Omega can. I don't think he's at the level as Omega. No. But I feel like they could still put on an entertaining match. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, are you going to have like a five-star match out of the two? I doubt that. Um, I would be surprised. But that does there, it's okay to have a three-star match, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, not everything Kenny has to do is a five-star match. You know, I'm okay with a really good match with a great storyline. And that's what I think this would be. Um, I love that, like, Thomas just kind of says, fuck it at the end and, you know, uh, takes out Red Shoes. 
Um, and, you know, he gets DQ'd again. That's poor Rich. So, um, <laughs> just gang warfare mm. that's going on. So I'm wondering if what's end up, what's going to end up happening is somehow the firing squad is going to cost Kenny the G1. I feel like that's maybe the storyline that they're going to go for, that they're just really there to dis- disrupt anything Kenny is doing. So, like, you know, either, like, they'll injure him somehow, um, where he just can't go at, like, full strength, mm-hmm. or they interfere in his match. Just something like that. I think that's kind of, like, where this could be leading. You know, because I don't foresee, you know, Kenny losing the G1, you know, without that interference. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I feel like it just makes sense storyline-wise, you know, to have them, you know. Because I, I just, I don't even understand why the champ is part of the tournament in the first well, place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it is what it is. But I think this is a nice way to have him lose it, you know, right now. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm all on board with the firing squad right now and everything that's going on with them. Um, Juice loses again, right? Um, I love how, uh, I love how Naito attacks Juice's hand because no one's really done it yet, um, you know, in the G1. But like Naito's all about, you know, attacking the injury, which only makes perfect yes. sense. So um, I thought this was a great bout, though. Um, just a fun match and Naito doing what he does best in the ring. So but Naito like slams the hand on the table, right? He does a bunch of different things. And he's like on the mat, like twisting his hand and, you know, working the cast and everything. So... I think he gets the cast like kind of off of his hand, you know, or what's supposed to be a cast. I don't think it's a real cast. So it's just like some like, you know, wrap around his hand. But, you know, (laughs) you know, it it was still nice to see and it makes sense. And it's like, I'm interested in the storyline that they're running with Juice right now, Um, especially after what you said with his backstage comments. Yes. Yeah. Where, you know, how he picks himself up from like all the losing because he's lost what three matches in a row now. He hasn't won a match. He hasn't won a single one. Yeah. But now this is very similar to his showing at G1 last year. He ended up losing a lot of bouts in the beginning and then started picking up steam. He actually ended up beating Omega last year in one of his matches. So, I mean, we could kind of see like a mirroring like of that, you know, uh, situation last year. Kind of getting close to and he starts picking something up. Maybe, maybe. You know, or they just keep on working the injury angle. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, you know, I, I really, and maybe it's, it starts affecting his like self-confidence or something, you know, and they, you know, bring it into whatever angle he works next for that, you know, title. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, no, um, Cold Skull and uh, Sabre though. <laughs> uh, just the chain wrestling that happens between those two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic. Like I said, I cannot say enough about Sonata. Um, he really is, you know, one of the highlights for me, you know, just as an eye-opener for how good the guy is in the ring and everything. He feels like he can work any style. Um, and I just love the sequences that happened, you know, just the back and forth and all the pinning mm-hmm. sequences. Um, I thought was just fantastic. You know, people, and, people question me, my liking of Sonata. And I'm telling you, he's, he can go. <laughs> But just the way he picked up the end, too, like the win in the end, I thought was fantastic. I really liked that, you know, just that it was a quick, like, pinning combination, everything. But the way that they built up to it was fantastic. Uh, so next we had um, Night 7, which had Yoshihashi going up against Mike Elgin. 
Uh, of course, Yoshihashi won. Uh, we had Evil defeating Bad Luck Fale. We had Suzuki defeating Jay White. We had Tanahashi defeating Hangman Page. And we had Okada defeating Makabe. This is probably my least favorite night so far of the G1. Um, not to say that there wasn't entertaining matches, but um, I don't know. This is a little lackluster. I, I mean, God, it's only night seven, and I already feel like, you know, like they should be coming to end, but they've got so many more nights to go here. Um, yeah, I mean, highlights for me, uh, Evil versus Bad Luck, I thought was fun. You know, uh, just the, the Fire and Squad just not giving a shit. Mm. Tama attacking fucking refs. Um, you had just LIJ you know, coming out to the defense of evil and just, you know, two factions warring against each other. There's one point where like the ref woke up and there's just bodies like <laughs> laying across the ring. Um, so, and he wouldn't restart the match that everyone got out. Mm. But, you know, once again, I just, the firing squad just does not give a fuck. You know, <laughs> they do not care about winning. So, like I said, it has to be the only thing that would make sense is like, they've just agreed to just be there to just cause, you know, havoc mm. in the G1. And they're there to just really disrupt Kenny um, from winning, you know. And then, you know, it, maybe they'll get into the mix with LIJ eventually. Maybe you get a feud, you know, between those two factions. That would be fun. That would be. Um, so, and you had Naito coming out and everything. There were great little spots here and there. Um, just fun stuff. So, I mean, this is really, like, I mean... The elite and everything, like the last like mm. year or so, have become very cute, and they're not, you know, heels. They're kind of like in betweeners. Yeah, okay. So it's fun to see this side of them, this vicious, you know, side. And we have um, Naito going up against uh, um, Tonga coming this weekend. Yes, and so. I'm sure that was kind of like foreshadowing mm. for what's going to happen there. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like Tom has to win eventually. You know, I think he's won one match so far. Am I right? He's got two points. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it'll be against Naito. Has Naito... It, Naito lost against Kenny, right? Mm -hmm. And Naito had that really huge speech, right? Yes. Where he talked about how he's got to just win throughout, you know, no matter what. Now, since he lost that match, mm -hmm. you know, he's kind of in the hole and he's every match is like do or die. So, you know, so I... I don't know. I, I have a feeling that it was going to end up winning regardless. Just the way, like, Tama just doesn't seem to give a shit. <laughs> He'll probably just get DQ'd again. Mm. So, um, I also loved White versus Suzuki. Because it was just two heels going against each other. And Suzuki just not giving a shit about any of White's tactics whatsoever. It was a really, like, hard-hitting match. But it was fun. And it was just heels being heels. Mm. Um, and Suzuki, I, I'm glad he got the win. You know, so it's like White's first loss. It's against Suzuki. He's just not, yes. you know, you know, just that, not like, dealing Suzuki's with White. Suzuki's been like saying, "I'm just going to kill everyone in this uh -huh. this entire time." That that's been his. Life. And he's being Suzuki. He's threatening everyone <laughs> coming out to the ring. He's just he was not intimidated by White at all. Um, you know, but it was just a really cool like back and forth and just you know the the two styles. You know, that was a great you know dynamic. Um, but yeah, so. The Okada match was a good match. I'm not huge into Makabe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, so. he's okay. Um, I know that's probably sacrilege to some New <laughs> Japan fans. Um, but uh, it's nice to see Okada kind of getting back mm. to form and everything, you know, and picking up some points here. Yeah, so you definitely need to pick up some steam after the losses. Yeah, yeah. So, but all in all, I mean, some great wrestling, man. And like I said before, if 
you're interested in New Japan, mm-hmm. this is when you should really pick it up. I mean, it's only nine ninety nine. It's the same amount for the uh, WWE Network, um, and you can watch everything. They've got a great back catalog. And, I mean, now they're featuring English commentary for the G1. So it's a great introduction to all these wrestlers. So if you're not on board, get on board now. Um, But, yeah, uh, let's talk about the block standings, where we're at. Um, We got, for A block, we have Jay White with six. We have Evil with six. Tanahashi with six points. Um, Elgin's got four. Makabe's got four. Okada's got four. We have Suzuki with four. Uh, Bad Luck Folly with two. Hangman Page with two, and Yoshihashi with two. Wow, okay. Um, and then for the B block, we have um, Kenny Omega with six. Then we go back down to Obushi with four, Naito with four, Ishii with four, Sonata with four, and then also we have Goto with two, um, Tamatonga with two, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, Zack Sabre Jr. with two, and Yano with two. Oh, sorry, and Juice Robinson with, with a zero. zero, unfortunately. Wow. I feel um, like that's going to change soon, though. Yes. Uh, if I had to put a prediction in right now, I feel like it'll be coming down for the B-Block. It'll be Ibushi versus Omega ending it, and maybe Tonga and Riot... Uh, I'll call them Riot Squad. Jesus. Squad. <laughs> that would be a twist. <laughs> yes. Tonga and Firing Squad costing Omega that match, uh, having Ibushi move forward to face against Jay White. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Who do you think would face off with Jay White in the A block um, in the finals for the A block? Mm. Do you think it would be Jay White? I could see Jay White Tanahashi real easy. Right, because he but, lost to him at Wrestle Kingdom, so it'll be his way of kind of, you know, picking up a win. But I could also see Okada having this, like, big push out of nowhere. And then you do have the whole, the, the fact that they're technically part of the same faction. Yes, and they both want almost leadership of that yeah faction. even though white is just kind of berating everyone who's part of the faction right now mm. so but yeah i yeah i gotta go okada and white i think that makes the most sense um storyline wise mm. so not that new japan worries too much about storylines <laughs> but you know well they all like how long these stories play out they mm. all have history with one another they do so i mean there's so there's so, which is nice that there's that many layers and there's so many different ways mm. they, they can go with it angle wise so but it just feels almost perfect for okada to face white you know and okada be like all of a sudden firing on all cylinders and you know maybe have it for the leadership of you know the the chaos group so um you know we'll see we'll see what happens though so then you have white versus abushi yes and then who do you have winning uh it's abushi so that we can have that um wrestle kingdom you know emotional match <laughs> between yeah. Kenny Omega and him. Yeah, do you think Ibushi, and the, that's, I believe, maybe that was my prediction before, I don't know. I, I believe, I believe so. We'll have to go back to the tapes. I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but do we, do we actually have Ibushi as a heel? Does he turn, or do we have babyface versus babyface? I'd probably be face versus face. Yeah, I just can't see Ibushi as a heel, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe I'm wrong. He could but. do it. He thinks so. He's, I, I, I haven't seen enough from him personality-wise. I feel like the more I'm thinking about it, and the more I'm thinking about how like he also has this like crazy persona where he will go out and just do because he's he's known for his matches mm-hmm. just being at water parks, mm-hmm. random broken down houses. Just like he's known for this kind of crazier side, and if he wants to play with a darker character, I mean, he got screwed over by Kenny. 
yeah. originally when we when we look back at their history. They could go back in this like, oh, Kenny, you know, maybe ro- gets... rose up by taking this darker side. Maybe I have to do that as well to become. Jim. Yeah, that I'm not just in your shadow. Mm-hmm. You know, I want that belt. I mean, I mean I'm it's the mega it powers. Everybody. It's the mega powers exploded <laughs> all over again. I love it. Um, yeah, no, that makes sense. And that, you know, that I'm not in your shadow. Maybe he gets a little jealous of Kenny's relationship with the elite and everything. Mm. Um, now that they're back in the fold. So I, I could definitely see that playing out. Um, cause I feel definitely we'll have Omega dealing with, um, uh, firing squad after this, after G1, you know, and uh, maybe they have a couple before Bushi could side with the firing squad. That would be, that would be insane. And maybe be he nuts. becomes the leader of the firing squad. And then you get that caliber of, you know, wrestler even though they say that there is no leader but you've got that wrestler's wrestler you know mm-hmm. kind of representing the firing squad so that'd be interesting and what we haven't seen um oh what's his name skull not um they're the guy that they just introduced oh bone, bone soldier bone soldier yes bone um, soldier hasn't been around i can't think of his actual name mm-hmm. all i can picture is that fucking mask is it Taka? i don't know I don't know, man. I don't want to do it justice right now. Forgive us. <laughs> I mean, he's part of the junior weight division. That's why we're. But I'm assuming that with... he's going to be with the mm-hmm. firing squad since Tama brought him in. So I mean, I don't know. We could see him part of the group and everything. I feel like it'll be more. It feel more of like a legitimate, like you know, force. Because right now it's just really you know Tama and his brother and Fale. So yeah, I I, I definitely feel like they're going to add numbers to that group eventually i hope so yeah so because it's fun mm-hmm. it's fun i, I love I, like i said i can't put it over enough i love heels being heels man so gotta get you a firing squad shirt for your birthday. i might i might <laughs> <laughs> might have to pick that up all right well that's gonna do it for today yes uh before we go we got some shout outs to some podcasts we think you should be listening to right now all right uh the First podcast we'd like to give a little love to, Dare Daniel Podcast. Uh, critic Barnes on Film and comedian Corey Knevel, I think I'm mispronouncing that. Do your dirty work by watching and reviewing the worst movies you can imagine. Listen and subscribe on iTunes. Go ahead and check them out. Next, we got the Pod Bay Door Show. Curated content and comedic viewpoints. Society, politics, entertainment, and Las Vegas. These guys cover them all. Give them a listen. Yeah, um, they've been talking about, you know, Las Vegas natives lately. Uh, a lot of different interesting stuff going on in Las Vegas. It's, it's I mean, it's the Sin City, you know. Uh, definitely check them out. Next, we got 8-Bit Bros. Geeks, nerds, freaks, irreverent MFers. Call it like we see it and aren't afraid to tell anyone to F off. Check these guys out. Follow them on Twitter. Uh, they're a great follow and a fantastic podcast. Yeah, they cover a lot of different um, topics. You know, uh, recently they just talked about you know Demi Lovato uh, having her relapse and everything. Um, definitely interesting. All Check right, all right. Um, next, we've got Gareth's Random Ramblings, a New Zealand's view on everything in the world, based in Brisbane, Australia. Proud member of the Pattern family. Go ahead. He's got a unique perspective. Give him a yeah, listen. He's from the you know the upside down of the world <laughs> <laughs> so he's gonna have a different perspective just a different way of thinking out there yeah. okay sure i'll take your word for it Christian. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's gonna do it for this week um make sure that you're following us everywhere that you just heard all those podcasts we're there too man we are on each and every single platform we're on Podbean, um spreaker um 
Player FM. I remembered it this time. Wow, bravo. Um, but I'm not remembering the others now. Um, iHeart. Did you say Spotify? Uh, no, Spotify. That's right, Stitcher. Stitcher. Uh, Did you say iTunes? iTunes. Yeah, that's a given, right? No, not always. <laughs> Still plug it, asshole. Uh, <laughs> yes, but you can find us on all those, all your favorite uh, podcast apps and places to yeah, listen subscribe, to. Subscribe, rate, and review, please. Yes, we, uh, we really kind of live off of them. I mean, we do appreciate them a lot. We appreciate them. Yes, definitely. I don't, I don't I, you know, it doesn't feed me. Huh? Uh, no. <laughs> no, we actually have jobs. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> our main hub is um, Twitter, if you want to get in contact with us. Uh, that is where you can find all of our information, all of like where we're advertising the most, where we're on the most, the way we communicate the most with the community. That's right, um, but we're also on Instagram and Facebook. Exactly. Uh, Facebook's just growing and growing. We're having fun with those guys. Make sure that you're on there as well. Getting all of our information from there, um, our memes, our jokes, our good times. Yes, yes. Um, and <laughs> we offer something different on both, you know, yes. uh, formats. So definitely give us so. a follow. We're definitely worthy of it. So we'll make it worth your while. Mm. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much going to be it. Do we have yeah, anything um, else to plug? 12 Ounce well, Radio? We do have to plug 12 Ounce, but we also have to remind everyone to check out our house DJ. That's right, Greg Brubner. Go ahead, follow him on SoundCloud. Yep. Um, he's also on Instagram right now. So mm-hmm. I believe he's on Facebook and uh, Twitter yes. too. I believe. Like be wrong about oh, Twitter. Instagram or something like that. Well, I just said Instagram. Oh well. We have... <laughs> you said Facebook. No, I said Instagram first. Okay, whatever. What the? <laughs> <laughs> and for it, all of our, maybe um... it's one o'clock in the morning again. Yeah, whatever. Also, a shout out to them, Guilty Aces, yes. who's providing the music you're listening to right now. A uh, local Chicago band, great rockabilly music. Uh, go ahead, give them a follow on iTunes. Um, they've got some free stuff on their website too, and they've got some videos on YouTube. All right, that's going to do it for this show. I'm Christian. And I'm Damon. And that was the Amazing Nerd Show. Damn straight. Where's Batman?